Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage. The poet. Yes, that's my signature. And it gives me great pleasure to come before you again on a terrific Tuesday night. However, tonight's episode is a special premiere. We have a special guest in the spotlight this evening, ladies and gentlemen. The name is Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer. She is the executive producer of the television show, Like It Is. For tonight's topic, we will be in discussion about opioid injection sites. We will discuss the pros and cons. Our focus for tonight's open forum discussion will be Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer. She will be talking about Like It Is, coming, upcoming show on Philadelphia's planned opioid injection site. Again, Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer will be talking about Like It Is, and that's the name of her show, upcoming show, which will be. It will have for its topic, for discussion, Philadelphia's planned opioid injection site. And now at this time, I am going to open up the mic of the feature artist in the spotlight, ladies and gentlemen. And once more, Rob, Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer is the executive producer of the television show Like It Is. And she is the special guest in the spotlight. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show, Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is truly an honor to have you. And I am so thrilled that you picked our show's platform to pre-discuss with our listening audience the following topic, opioid injection sites, and in particular, the injection sites location for Philadelphia. I think for most of us who are native to Philadelphia, that it is a very, it is a very controversial, it's controversial subject matter. For one, a lot of us are not comfortable with the thought, let alone the reality that this will happen more sooner than later. So let's start off by saying, um, why did you 
elect or nominate to do this discussion on your show and even here tonight as a prelude to your upcoming shows discussion on your television show like it is? Well, my show like it is, it's, I call it a community talk show because basically it's a show, it gives, it offers a voice to people who feel unheard and dismissed. So Mm -hmm. I do topics, issues that affect the community. And this issue on safe injection sites will affect not only Philadelphia, but because of the sites, it'll bring in traffic from the suburbs, from Jersey, from Delaware. Uh But what I'm finding is people don't know a lot about it. So therefore, I decided to have a show. And the the co-chair of the Philadelphia Opioid Task Force um, Dr. Evans, and a member of the Soul Collective, they will be on the panel to answer questions from the audience. Basically, that's how the show is set up. The show is set up like um, I'm a little off. I'm trying to explain the show because then that will help you understand the topic. The show is set okay. up like the Phil Donahue show. Do you remember the Phil Donahue show? I don't know how old you are. I Yes, I do. Well, that's how the show is set up. It's set up where the audience asks questions and comments and concerns from the guests, and the guest responds to the audience. I have two hosts, Deja Gilmore and Dante Johnson, but they're just there to facilitate the show. The show is the stars of the show is the audience, and the whole point of my show is to help people. So I really try to get the community involved and get them as a show. So this, on May 19th, the show is on the safe injection site. Like I said, there are two issues that got me to do the show. One was that there's not a lot of information out there about Mm -hmm. it. And then the second is the feeling, I'm just going to try to say this right, the feeling like, the comments I get and from African Americans or black mm-hmm. people, you know, I notice a number of us are upset about these sites. And it's yeah. not so much we're upset because, you know, of the drugs, but I notice a number of people, the comments are always, well, they didn't do this for us back when it was cracked. Why are they doing it now? Mm-hmm. So, therefore, the gentleman that's coming on the show, he wants to talk to a minority audience. He wants to explain what's going to happen, where the sites are going to be, who's going to be affected, how it's going to be dealt with. And basically, you come on the show and you ask questions and they answer them. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Well... And again, this is Sage, the poet, host of the Exceptional Swivel Show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank everyone who is tuning in at this time. This is episode 213. Our special guest in the spotlight is Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer, executive producer of the television show Like It Is. 
we are discussing for tonight's topic, opioid injection sites. We will be discussing the pros and cons. Our focus will be Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer and her upcoming show. And the topic is Philadelphia's planned opioid injection site. Planned, again, I repeat, planned opioid injection site. So for those of you just now tuning in, if you would like to be a part of tonight's discussion, you can call in. Our call-in number is 724-444-7444. I repeat, 724-444-7444. Also, the show's ID number is one three three one nine three, and then the pound key. I repeat, you would need to type on your phone's keypad one three three one nine three, and then the pound key. If you are not a member of TalkShoe, you will be entering in as a guest. So when you ask, when you're asked for a pin number, simply press one and then press the pound key. Now we are returning back. To continue our discussion, again, the topic is opioid injection sites. Discussing the pros and cons, and our focus is on Philadelphia's planned opioid injection sites. Well, once again, uh, Rhonda, this is a hot topic right now, especially for the city of Philadelphia and our native Philadelphians. And one thing in particular you made clear, and that is, truly a fact, during the time of the crack epidemic, which did impact the urban city of Philadelphia, there were no, quote-unquote, safe injection sites. There, there were, were none. There was no talk on that subject matter. And you may mention that a lot of minorities and or the black community members are highly upset that it wasn't done then. Why is it being done now? That's the question. That is the question that many would like to have answered. Do you have a, an answer Actually, for those? Yes, I do. Um, and thank you. First, the reason I say planned mm-hmm. injection sites is because pretty much the task force went to Canada. Canada uses these safe injection sites. And what they found is it saved lives, but it has also helped decrease the addictions, decrease, decrease the addicts. There's not as many people getting high as when they first started. So Philadelphia, because they have such an epidemic, basically more people are dying, and this is black people, more people are dying from overdoses than gun violence these days in Philadelphia. Okay. And that has no color because if you think about it, the site, when you think about opioids, you think of heroin shooting up. You don't think about the pill. 
I know, right. As far as I know, a lot of black people and a lot of people in the black community, they take pills. So you don't think about the pills. But but right. the thing is, those are that's still an opioid addiction. And people are still dying from it. I mean, I understand both sides. But there comes a point where you have to stop saying, well, you didn't do it for me, so why are you doing it for mm-hmm. them? Because actually, you are the them. You just use it in a different form, but it's, but it's still the same results. So, mm. and that's, their whole point is to save lives. You know, no, we don't want people addicted to drugs. Their whole point is they want to save lives, which will also save taxpayers' money. But mm-hmm. that's their whole point. I mean, and the and the, I mean, it, the mayor and the DA, they they okayed it. But it's still illegal. And at any time, the federal government can come in there, shut the sites down, and arrest everyone in there. Now, the way the sites work is people come in with their drugs. The people, they, they go through questioning. There's medical personnel there, and there's social workers there. So they go through questioning. Then they're given their supplies. They go to a little cubby. They use their drugs, shoot up. Um, they're monitored the whole time. And then afterwards, they go sit in a room for like 15 minutes to make sure that they don't OD. Now, the way I'm told it works is when they're sitting in a room for that 15 minutes, people are going to, you know, that's when they'll be talking to them about, you know, getting treatment. Now, I'm torn. I really try not okay. to have an opinion, but I'm torn. I'm torn on several levels because, number one, it's quite difficult to talk to someone who's high about mm-hmm. going to treatment. That's number one. Number two, I don't know, and I'm not saying that there isn't, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I'm doing the show. Okay. And Dr. Evans the co-chair of Philadelphia's Opioid Task Force, he'll be able to answer this. But I also don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's any accountability. I don't, I don't know, like, for example, okay, you can come to our facility, use your drugs, but I want you to go to a meeting or I want you, you know, there's no accountability. There's no, no responsibility for them. And that's what I'm seeing. That's my problem with it. Plus the fact yeah. is, Basically, the reason you don't use drugs is because you could die. <laughs> I mean, that's point blank. But, yeah, so I'm a little torn. But for the most part, I mean, you got kids picking up dirty needles mm-hmm. in right. playgrounds. Right. You know, you're walking down the street. I have a gentleman who's going to come to the show. His name is Co. Mm-hmm. He, for like, for, for, I think he said for a month. He, they walked through his neighborhood and picked up needles and had, mm. and then took all the needles and took it to a, a council person. I mean, mm. it's bad. Mm. So mm. their whole point is not that, like I said, they want to save lives because there's okay. so many people dying. Mm. Well, you have shed light on 
the answer being received for so many that were just pondering the thought of, well, didn't do anything about the issue of the crack cocaine mm-hmm. overdose deaths. But now we're doing issues. Now we're doing something about the issue we're having with the opioid um, epidemic of today. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about and, why they're and, doing something. But the fact that what we I want is closed. I, I understand because the reason they're so bent on this opioid epidemic is because it's hitting everywhere. It's hitting the rich, the poor, white, black, red, blue, yellow. It's hitting everywhere. And that's why they're so aggressive on this as opposed to the crack. That's, I mean, I understand. But like I said, mm-hmm. it comes a point where you have to stop saying, well, you didn't do it for us and be like, let's fix this. Mm-hmm. So that's the positive. We have now come to that point, that critical point where we're saying, let's fix it. You know, and we're saying we can fix this. And here's one solution. Why I'm so glad we're doing this show is because not enough of us are having dialogue about this matter. We get very emotional, and then when we get emotional, we're reactionary. And being reactionary is not the same as being proactive. Mm -hmm. So by us having this discussion tonight, We're being proactive. We're listening. We're hearing. Some are hearing facts that they did not already know. For others, it's confirmation of things that they already knew. But what matters is that we are made aware of what is happening as you address. Safe injection sites is already happening in Canada. And it's making a difference. And now it's being introduced as a solution. It's a plan right now. It's a plan of action for Philadelphia. And we need to know what are the pros, what are the cons, and how this will affect us and how this can help us to resolve this issue. So we have some callers. I don't want anyone to not have the opportunity to ask the questions that they have because I know we all have them. I'm going to start with we have a caller from North Central Kentucky. Welcome, caller from North Central Kentucky. Caller from North Central Kentucky, your mic is now open. Welcome. Okay, I guess they don't desire to speak or they're away from their mic right now, so we're going to move on. We have a caller, guest number five, welcome. Hello? Yes, hi, this is the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Welcome, co-host. Welcome, hostess, how are you? Fine, thank you. And 
whatever questions you might have at this time, uh, based on what our topic is for tonight, feel free to direct those questions to Rhonda. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I was uh, listening, you know, to, you know, what Rhonda was saying, you know, and I was following through and I was like, trying to put together an analysis do you want me to say it now, or should I wait until during my publishing hour? Well, I would say it now because I'm going to uh, open up all of the mics for our callers to ask questions so we can do our full interview hour. We had to start it a little later. Um, there were some launching issues, but we've worked through them. So any questions you have, Rhonda's on the call and the panel with us tonight, and you can address her at this time. All right. Uh, thank you, Duchess Fran. And uh, hello, Rhonda. Uh, hello. All right. All right. I was following through, as I said before, and I was, you know, got kind of like confused. And the confusion is, all right, with the pros and the cons. All right. So these opioid safe site and um, with a safe site injection site, you know, are to help, you know, to save lives. But it sounds like, like some lives have to be lost before ones can be saved. Um, well, there's, there's, there are, there's plenty of lives being lost right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, we, go ahead. The, actually, I have some, I have some stats for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, see, I come prepared. <laughs> yes, yeah, always, um, always. Over, there were nine, over 900 there were not there were more than 900 overdoses in 2016. Mm-hmm. Now they claim these sites will save annually 74 lives. No, that's not putting a dent in the 900, but it's 74 more than there would have been. Okay. You know, I mean, uh-huh. people are dying left and right. Like, like we were just talking about. The thing is. Everyone, a lot of the people who are dying aren't sticking needles in their arms. They're using pills. Yeah. Like Prince, so, for example. Right. Hello? Hello, I'm here. Oh, oh yeah, cause I heard this clicking noise. Sorry, that's why I was... I'm here, right. I'm here with you. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's make it short. Yeah, I I hear, you know, what you're saying. You can continue before I, you know, continue. Hmm? What you were saying about Prince. Oh, yeah. I said, I said, Prince died from Mm -hmm. opioids. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, like I said earlier, when we think of opioids, we think of heroin. We think of people sticking needles in their arms. Right. There are people sniffing it. There are people getting pills, all of that. Mm-hmm. Now that and that's is new not to me. White people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know, when I'm, people think, yeah, because see, uh, what I was saying was that you know the pill form is new to me, because I always you know the thing is just like everybody else with heroin, you know, shooting up with the in, the syringes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, but the pills that people get, you know, you go and you buy a couple of these mm-hmm. or a couple of those. That's basically the same thing. Those mm-hmm. painkillers, mm-hmm. those right. are opioids. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I didn't uh, learn something new tonight. 
Because uh, yeah, they, they are opioids. Opioids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, once again, mm-hmm. that's one of the goals for the show. Because I need, I want people to come on. Like, this show mm-hmm. was created to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's so many people out there who want to be heard, who who just need to voice their concerns. And there's nothing on television where people can speak out. Most of the shows on television are either about the host or they're about celebrities. There's no Oprah. There's no Phil. There's nowhere where everyday average people can go on and say, hey, I'm not happy this with this. Or how do I get help with this? And that's why I created this show. Like the caller just said, she just learned something. You know, she just learned that, you know, these pills are opioids. Mm-hmm. And right. that's one now, of the things, when they come on, I want him to explain everything. Right. right. Yes, I, that, I agree so that people will know what's going on when they hear and see it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you, uh, co-host, um, Warrior is Queen, Zephora Thelman, and this is, of course, the hostess says the poet asking you. Um, do you have any other questions? Because we have a lot of callers. I want to make sure that everyone that's called in can ask the questions that they have. Um, all right. So the other part that I want to understand is, all right, so these safe sites injections are to save lives. And they're, but it sounds like they're helping to destroy lives, helping the people to, you know, die, you know, giving them the you know, opportunity to shoot up. You know, and uh, knowing how much you know to take, it sounds like it's an experiment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's actually been going on for a while in other mm-hmm. places. They're just underground okay. because they're just underground. They're illegal, so they're underground. Like in D.C., it's mm-hmm. been happening. In Seattle, it's mm-hmm. been, in Washington State, it's been happening. I mean, basically, it keeps. When they go to these places, they have, these are medical professionals. These are social workers. They mm-hmm. are literally saying, what are you bringing in? This is how much you need to take. They are literally either through a two-way mirror or standing over them, monitoring them. They're not going to go sit in a, another room. They're literally standing over them while they're shooting up, monitoring them. And like you said, I mean, one of the, one of the, one of the problems, one of the problems that the opponents of it has is are you enabling the addict? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think I've uh, heard somebody say that on that order about being, you know, a positive, like re- in other words, I'm using my words, a positive reinforcement, you know, to help this person do something that's harmful to them, you know, helping them to monitor and then, um, you know, telling them how much to take and then talk to them about treatment. Now, uh, Rhonda, what you said about, you know, when they take them in the other room and you can't talk to a person that's high, you know, which is true in one way, but then false in another way because if they hear something that triggers that they don't want to hear, then they're going to, you know, speak up. Right. Mm-hmm. Another thing is looking at the cons because, like I said, I mm-hmm. I try to stay neutral because I have mm-hmm. both sides. Another thing looking at the cons is where are these places going to be located? Mm-hmm. Now, what right. they're looking for, they're looking for mm-hmm. nonprofits and medical facilities to run them. The government's not going to run them. 
Okay. They're looking for nonprofits mm-hmm. and, that question. and medical facilities. Right. Because, they, you know, they're not equipped to run these places. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, okay. where are these places going to be? Mm-hmm. Now, my question is, I was at first under the understanding that the drug task force, our government's drug task force in our state um, was involved. Is that so? Or is this completely nonprofit? Well, the task force was involved in getting it set, like going up to Canada, getting the information. As far mm-hmm. as far as I know, the government, the 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 city officials, they're looking for nonprofits, and they're looking and they're t- they're actually taking applications from nonprofits and medical facilities to actually run the site. Okay. You know, but the but the opioid task force. Um, Dr. Evans, he's also in charge. He was also the commissioner for the Philadelphia Department of Behavioral Health. So he mm-hmm. was also yes. in charge of all the rehab facilities. So he knows it on both sides. Mm. Mm. But, I mean, it's like, like I said, I'm I'm torn. I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, a lot of people say, well, they're going to do them anyway. Yeah. It's the difference between a dirty needle on the sidewalk and a mm-hmm. dirty needle in the canister in where it's supposed to be. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, syringe, yeah. All right, so, yeah, so a used syringe and a clean syringe are still going to have that opioid. So what's the difference? And the same with the pill. I, I don't want to laugh. It's not funny because the whole the thing, it, it just sounds like. The difference is the difference is they're dropping their needles on the ground. They're shooting uh, up right. in parks. They're shooting up in playgrounds. Kids mm-hmm. come across these needles. I mean, mm-hmm. you go to Kensington, you go to a few places in the city, and you can see needles literally strewn on the ground. You go in an alleyway, it's full of needles. Anyone mm-hmm. can get stuck by one of these needles. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that, like, when they say they're trying to save lives, they're not only trying to save lives for addicts, they're trying to save lives for people in the communities, in these communities, in these drug over, overrun drug communities. Mm-hmm. Where these people go to shoot up? That's another difference. Mm-hmm. It'll mm-hmm. be The difference will be people on your corner or in your alleyway shooting up as opposed to going to these places and at night you ain't got to be bothered with who's out there, who's going to hit you over your head because they need drugs. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a, it's like a crime prevention mm-hmm. strategy and a yeah. way of quarantining or isolating the problem so that you Correct. can address the issue and properly um, counteract what's the Correct. negative or adverse reaction from the issue. Okay. So we're moving forward. It is a it also, is a movement. It's a progression. Mm-hmm. It is a movement upward or mm-hmm. forward. It's a progression. But no, like with anything, I think anything that's new, anything that's different from what we're used to or familiar to doing, at first it's scary. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, you know, everything that you can think of that could possibly go wrong, is it's in bold. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's like mm-hmm. right up in your face. But I think if we really just take a moment and calm down our feelings about it and just kind of be rational or logical mm-hmm. and analytical mm-hmm. and think it through mm-hmm. and really study the facts, it is about saving lives at the end of the day. And it's mm-hmm. about saving our children because I. Being an educator, working with our youth, I've worked in the inner city. I've seen those um, needles on the ground and vials and, you know, pills on the ground Mm -hmm. that was left over from someone that was a user. And I've had to prevent children from, you know, they're innocent. They're curious. They're in Mm -hmm. discovery mode all the time. I've had to prevent them from picking it up and possibly ingesting what they found or um, even sticking themselves or another child for that, you know, working with mm-hmm. our young ones. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at the pros, too. A lot of times we look at the cons and we get stuck because we're looking at the cons and we're mad. And we forget about looking at the pros. At the end of the day, it's about crime prevention, saving lives, and, yes, saving our children. And we want them family. alive. Yeah, all right. This is our um, co-host, is, uh, Warriors Queens of Horace Bellman. Uh, another question I have regarding these injection sites is will the, um, the users know to come back to these sites when they want to, you know, um, shoot up? Yeah. That's what they're there for. That's their whole purpose is to give these people a place to shoot up. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, this is mo- I'm listening and, and it's twist. It's just two twister, like I said about it being an experiment. So the pros and the cons, one way you're saving lives and another way you're ending lives. I mean, the treatment, you know, so safe site injections are, you know, a treat, a quote-unquote treatment, you know, center. Mm-hmm. It's just but like, it's the way, yeah. What was that other drug they used to give out for people who used heroin? It was another drug that you could go and get. It began with an M. Hmm. Okay, I cannot remember now, the name of it. Now, would this drug be like for someone if they were like they're trying kind to of wean them drugs. off of the strong, stronger opioid, like or to counteract the negative or adverse reaction from a drug? That what they I'm were, talking about the the drugs not, that they get. Yeah. What, could you be more specific for us? Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. It begins with M, and it's used to help keep them off of the heroin um, because you get sick mm. when you go when you try to detox. So oh, it helps okay. You. And I I'm cannot gonna, remember for the life of me. I apologize. Mm-hmm. No problem. I understood. I understood. <laughs> it's the alternative, right? Yes. To heroin. Okay, hold up. Let, um, Okay. 
Mm-hmm. You look at <laughs> Yeah, methadone. That's it. Methadone. Nothing. Like, what's the difference between mm. psych and methadone clinics? Mm-hmm. And then also with the psychs, at least you know who the who the addicts are. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. A lot to consider here. Yes. Very juxtaposed. Mm-hmm. We have, it's a caller from Central and North, Arizona. Welcome. Hello. I have two questions. Yes. Um, my first question is how diverse are these sites planned? And my second question is the motivation of the rehabilitation industry um, playing part in this and how big of a part? Mm, good question. Thank you. Could you give us your name? I'm sorry. Could you give us your name, too, caller? Pamela. Oh, welcome. Welcome, Pamela. And thank you for calling in. Good question. Well, the first, the diversity, I don't know. I'll actually mark that as a question to ask on -hmm. your behalf on May the 19th. But the second question, um, I'm sorry, I forgot what. What was the second question? How much uh, participation of the rehab? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. The rehab. Yeah, what's their, uh, you know, my my heart says capitalism view on this. How much is for, you know, turning out, you know, people, some, you know, maybe 78, out of uh, 700 getting recovery, um, are they motivated, truly motivated to help in this, yes. inst- in this instance? Yes, yes. The facility, there will be medical professionals there, and there will be people who are professionals, social work as far as addiction, counseling, okay. drug counseling. Mm-hmm. And so after they use the drugs and they go sit, for the allotted amount of time, that's when the counselors will be sitting there talking to them about getting help. Well, that's an opportunity, yes. And I'm not putting down the um, entire industry. Just I know that, you know, a part of it, I don't know how big of a part of the industry is truly self-serving. And... Mm -hmm. um, I have concerns about that aspect of um, the situation and the diversity. Is it, you know, we all know, and you mentioned that um, opioids has no bounds. It isn't just uh, white, but yes, it is predominantly white because, um, you know, we know that underprivileged and repressed have been targeted as, you know, whatever adjective we could use, which is many, um, as they chose to do the drugs, and now that the white, you know, populace are victims to the drug industry, including the cartel and the legitimate pharmaceutical companies, 
in the in the drug industry, um, you know what? You know, let's look at that bigger picture to um, you know really know if we um, can and will support such an opportunity to help the few and especially our our children. You know that. You know, I I can from my own experience. I know that that's a fact. That's really a fact, and um, we need to address it. But you know, I I'm just cautious about the production. You know, the the motivation of the production. That's that's well, all. Well, I know. I know there's no there's no specific rehab associated with it. It's not like okay, this is sponsored by this rehab, but that has nothing to do with it. And I know okay. nonprofits are going to run it. So pretty much, and then also the people that are going to be there are putting their own lives in jeopardy because, like I said, mm-hmm. it's still illegal. And at any time, the federal government and which which Donald Trump's people have said Sessions <laughs> has said yeah. they will shut mm-hmm. them down. And in that case, oh. those people that are working mm. in there get arrested. Mm, right. Thank you for that, Pat. That's my concern, mm. okay? Is yeah. this legal? Is this solution mm. legalized yet? Again, we know it's planned, and we know mm. that with oh, plans. It's right. It's, it's, it's it a time a, factor. It's a lot involved there, you know. Funding yeah, and a lot of things. And I was concerned about hearing who's going to be the uh, the workers. Who are these workers going to be whom will be working directly with those who have the addiction? Are these professionals, are these trained professionals? Yeah. And how trained or what... Uh, is their training background? You mentioned social workers. You mentioned those uh, specializing in working with um, drug addiction, addiction. So that made me feel um, at ease somewhat. But, yes, I am concerned about the aspect of whether or not uh, legally this is an act that is um, permitted by our government or allowed by government, and you just made mention of something yeah. that has me very concerned. Yeah, and right. uh, it, it is yeah. illegal. Yeah. It's illegal. Uh, this is Warriors Queens of Horace Elman, and I, I don't know what I want to say. I don't want to say it because what I just you know saw, like envisioned, and um, regarding what Donald Trump people said today, well, you know, shut it down, you know, because it's mm-hmm. illegal, you know, if they you know come in and like who and who they're going to arrest. Mm. Like an all-nothing thing, opportunity, uh, you know. And um, I would, I would interject a little on that. Is that you know a little bit of hope is better than no hope at all. You know, my experience with the mm. medical industry, it's not a profession; it's an industry. Um, is that twenty-five percent really do make a difference? Twenty-five percent have very good intention to help, and 50% have a lot of uh, of contempt prior to investigation with people. And, you know, I, I just am hesitant 
Well, I know they're using. A, they're going to use a lot of volunteers. I think that's. I think that's hopeful. I do. Mhm. They're going to use a lot of volunteers from the medical facilities in the city. Like, okay. So, okay. Like nurses, medical, nurses, right? Medical professionals. Now that right. that gives me consolation hearing that too, and it should yeah. give others some consolation hearing that. But as it well. is illegal. It is illegal. Right However, now, that's it, right. It's being allowed by our that's city government. The so it's allowed by our city government, but as far right. as the federal government, it's disallowed. Yeah, no, it's still illegal. <laughs> it's very illegal. Right, it's still illegal because we right. have, right, so, we have, right. So just laws. think about those people that are going to be working there. It's really not about money. It's not, it's about helping because mm. they're putting their, they're putting their careers oh and their lives in jeopardy. Because okay. if you they're get putting for a, a felon, lot on a the line, then. That's yeah. a felony. Yeah. We're talking about people volunteering the deal. And I believe, I believe that, you know, you're going to have a diverse group uh, volunteering as well. And I mean not to insult the professionalism of so many, but I'm just talking from my own experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm 56 years old. I have chronic conditions that I've had for 20 years that have been treated in such a way to form this, you know, non-contempt prior to investigation opinion about um, my experience and my opinion about um, the whole situation. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And that's why, you know, I pursued that this opportunity to be educated on, you know, these little seeds of hope. Mm. Yes, this is uh, Shirley J. Carter. Uh, good evening, well, everyone. Hello, Ms. Yes, Carter. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just so glad that uh, this particular show, uh, like it is, is bringing information out about the opioid addiction uh, problem. And so the community can participate and hear exactly what's going on, and they can share this information with other people and make the city more aware and hopefully, you know, get the problem going to on its way to be solved. Mm. So uh, it's a huge problem in Philadelphia, not just Philadelphia, but every major cities and even rural areas as well. So uh, I think we have to strike this problem head on yeah. and communicate with one another, you know, to get it solved. Mm-hmm. So I look I forward talk. to the taping of this show, really yes, look forward indeed. to it, and interaction uh, between the people involved. Yes. yes. I'm going to pause at this time and ask that we just hold for a moment our questions, those who are in the call queue. And I'm going to ask if Ms. Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer, who is a special guest in the spotlight. Again, she is executive producer of the television show like it is, and she has an upcoming show on her pilot like it is where they will be discussing Philadelphia's planned opioid injection site. And as we are doing tonight, uh, the pros and the cons. I'm going to ask now that 
um, Rhonda, that you would share with our listeners uh, detailed information about this upcoming show because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are either from Philadelphia or they reside in the surrounding uh, borough, county, or city, and they will come to the show and they'd like to be aware, to be made aware of the date, the time, the location, and so forth. So if you could do that at this time, we would be so very honored. And then we'll continue the open forum discussion. Thank you. Thank you. The show is titled Hashing Out the Nuts and Bolts of Philadelphia's Planned Safe Injection Site. The show is on Mm. Saturday Saturday, May 19th um, at 4 p.m. The location is Philly Cam, which is a studio between on 7th Street between Market and Chestnut. Um, it's free. There's parking, which is $5. Um, basically, you just need to be there by 4. All are welcome. Please come out because one of these sites could be in your neighborhood. Please come out not just to get information from the panel, but to get information from the people in the audience because nine times out of ten, something you've gone through or something you may hear may change your mind on a situation. So, mm-hmm. and the information will be on, I'll have it, I have a Facebook page called Like It Is. You can go there, like the page, and I will have an event on there tomorrow where you can sign in and um, RSVP because it's going to be a lot of people there. So you need to RSVP in order to get a seat. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that information. I know I plan to be one of those people who are SVP early because I know I want to have a seat. I want to be there. I have some questions and I'm going to be bringing some people along with me that also want to be there and have questions. So I want to say to you, Rhonda, thank you so very much for even allowing us on the panel, The Exceptional Scribble Show, the privilege of having you on to discuss this topic. Um, It's controversial for many of us, but one thing's for sure is this. We are feeling a little different now after hearing all of the facts that were relayed to us and even being made knowledgeable about the statistics concerning opioid death. We're feeling different. Then we did it all first with a conversation. That's it. All because of having, yes, indeed, a conversation. conversation. I tell you, that's that's a good thing. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's needed. Yes, indeed. We have another caller. Um, I just want to go back to them. North Central Kentucky. I see that you're still on this call. And your mic is open. So call her from North Central Kentucky. If you have a question, if you have 
any comments or remarks, feel free to address the panel and our future uh, special guest at this time. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Welcome. This is Donaldson. Oh, welcome, Donaldson. Grammar Don Donaldson, yes. What's up? How are you? How's, how's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully well. Doing well. Good, good. Doing good. So I got some good news. I am at the rehearsal studio, and I do have my looper hooked up, so I'm going to go in there right now, and I'm going to plug into that, and we'll be able to do some looping here in a minute, but just chiming in and listening to what you guys okay. are talking about. Right? Yeah. Well, so um, I, I take it you've heard much of what the topic for discussion is this evening. Might you have any questions that you'd like to address to our special guest in the spotlight tonight. I actually tuned in late to the call. Oh, okay. I apologize. Yeah. I apologize for that. I no, I mean, actually, no, no need. I was like, it was like six thirty when I when I finally tuned in. Oh, okay, okay. And your your time is three hours behind us. Uh, mm-hmm. For those listening, Donaldson resides in is. San Francisco, correct? I'm I'm alive out here. I'm alive out here in SF, in this place called SF, yep. I'm not in the city. How's county. the weather? Put it that way. I'm in the city, okay. but not the city and county. I'm not in the city. I don't know. It's a kind of a technical term. But I heard you guys were talking about the law, so that kind of interested me. Um, yes, the weather is blue skies right now. So I'm looking at an American flag right now. No yellow fringe on it, Caesar. But tell me, what's the issue? What was you? What were you guys talking about with regard to the, yes, the law? Yes, our topic is we're discussing opioid injection sites, and in particular, we have with us the executive producer of the television television show, like it is, um, and her name is Wanda Gibson Pfeiffer, and she has an up, upcoming show on her show, like it is where they will be discussing Philadelphia's planned opioid injection sites. Oh, I got that. Yeah, they had that in Australia, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, injection centers, basically, is what they are. They help clean up the streets and stuff, and, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. Did you are have you in any... San Francisco? Yeah. You're in San Donaldson. You're in San Francisco. They have a few. They have some of them in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They do. I mean, you know, it's becoming quite popular. You know, uh, to to help out. You know, with those kinds of addictions and things of that nature. So, I uh, I don't you know really have an issue. So I don't really find myself looking for them. <laughs> but I actually but had a friend how do you who feel re- about them. I had a friend who recovered from. Um, Heroin addiction using methadone. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so, so that was really cool. But I feel like they are, depending on where they are, um, they need to be properly, you know, secured and and uh, you know, licensed, and regulated. You know, depending on who it is. I mean, I got a lot, a lot of, a lot of opinions about that. But. I'm going back into the rehearsal studio. I'm going to mute myself out here. And I do. I think your topic is kind of interesting. Thank you. Well, Thanks for your input. 
So now I'm back in the rehearsal studio, you guys. And so Rhonda, tell me, tell me, um, are you what's your what's your goal here? What are you hoping to accomplish here on the call tonight with this message? Well, I'm hoping to build an audience for the show on May 19th. Um, the talk show is a community talk show. Basically, it's out there for the community to come in. We have a panel, which is one of the panel members is the co-chair of the Philadelphia Opioid Task Force. And then we have the audience with the people from the community. I want them to get information. I want them to be knowledgeable. A lot of people around here don't really know about them. And they're coming by next year, they'll be here. So I want them to get information on them. And I want them to be made aware of all the the positives that they may not see. Okay. And I like that. I I appreciate that. Yeah. Education is And that's why I was honored. That's why I was honored to, to have... Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer on the panel of the Exceptional Civil Show tonight because I know this topic is one that is pre- it's a pressing issue right now. A lot of people have concerns. A lot of people want to they want to feel that this is a solution, that this is not an experiment per se or just a trial. Um, experiment, but this is a solution. So I think we have more information now than we first did for many of us, uh, just from the discussion tonight. And Rhonda was very informative. She filled us in with a lot of statistics, uh, giving us a lot of information that we can reflect on and ponder on our time. And then decide, you know, how we're going to move forward and possibly even support uh, this. If this definitely is something that uh, we take our time, reflect on, consider, and, you know, look, if it's the green light for us, for our community, all in favor say aye. If it's not, then, you know, all in, not in favor, say nay. I mean, it's one of those things we have to look at it, see both ends, see the pros, see the cons, and then make our decision from there. And you have to make a logical decision. Right, that's true. You can't think with your heart. You have to think with your mind. Thank you. We have to make a logical decision because our children, our families, they deserve it. We have to make a logical decision. We deserve it for ourselves even. Um, And I I did want to say there's so many. I do want us to take a moment of silence and acknowledgement. For many of us, we have lost very dear friends, loved ones, um, even American idols. <laughs> There's many celebrities uh, that have transitioned uh, due to op- opioid deaths. So it's an issue that it's not 
it's not something foreign to any of us for the most part. Um, we're we're familiar. If it's not been our struggle, it's been a struggle very close to home for us. So I think we really needed to have this discussion. We needed to really consider things. You know, sometimes you don't hear all the facts. We're, you know, we rush to make a decision that we don't like something just because it's different. It's 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 an awkward way of managing, handling, or dealing with a crisis from our perspective, that is. But when we consider Canada, as was mentioned, you know, they already have these, and they're up and running, operating, and there's positive outcomes. Deaths are being prevented by the scores. So let's look at that. Um, sometimes it's not always about, and we heard it tonight already, uh, you got to make the decision and make logical decisions. Make it with logic, not mere how you feel or your heart. So we need yeah. to really look this thing through on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, by, by no means, I am not an expert. I just did a lot of research. I'm a journalist, so I did a lot of research. I'm no expert, and that's why I want people to come out. I want people to come out because you need to know about this before it happens. Mm-hmm. Because so many people don't pay attention. Next thing you know, it's in your neighborhood. They're mm-hmm. not putting mm-hmm. it in the. They're not putting it in the rich neighborhoods. No. They're not putting it downtown in the businesses. So where do you think they're putting them? Mm-hmm. So I really want people to come out so they're made aware and they understand and they even know if there is a problem, where to go. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, can I say something about yes. the... Uh... The matter? Yes, Well, please, first, welcome. I'm going to definitely greet uh, Fran the Sage, poet, <laughs> and uh, Warriors Queen Sephora, Thelman, the co-host. <laughs> Thank you, King. Hey, you're welcome. And uh, I'm listening to this uh, this subject matter tonight's show. I mean, I'm, my mind is going all over the place. when I was thinking about what's going on, because, you know, I live in the city of Philadelphia. Yes, yes. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, uh, this city's government is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, uh, and I was thinking about when the host said, you know, the pros and cons about what's going on. I mean, my perception about that is basically 70 to 30%. It is not in a good way. The 70% would definitely go to the cons, and the 30% would go to the pros. You know, because I see them as enabling these drug addicts. You're making them feel like 
it's a safe haven. They uh, mm-hmm. they feel yeah. like they're going to a, a utopia to where they can get high. They feel like they can party. They feel like mm-hmm. they can just keep staying in the negative zone that they're in. And then you look at the pros as you see official doctors and nurses who come through and try to try to help them, try to give them advice, try to give them a path on the way to rehabilitation, you know, and being uh, that person that stay in their ear, try to make them come back to reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm just absorbing everything I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And the thing, and I'm glad you made that point because the thing is, they're not going to just be in their ear once. These people can come to these sites and these facilities as many times as long as they want. So these mm. people that are there are going to be in their ears every time they're there. Mm. Right, right. I mean, it's just something to think about because I've seen, you know, I've seen these drug addicts out here. I had some in my neighborhood. I mean, uh, it's a bad thing to say, but I grew up around them, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I had them as neighbors, and I had them as people who, you know, they didn't live too far from me in other places I moved to. It's, mm-hmm. it's right. a crazy situation. I've seen them around, and uh, to have a facility like that is just, it's controversy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of controversy. But but are you just thinking about the people who shoot up, or are you thinking about the people who take the pills or the people who snort the drugs? I'm thinking about everybody who's involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about the people. I'm thinking about the people, addicts. I'm thinking about the doctors. I'm thinking about the families. I'm thinking about the people even opening up this facility to try Mm -hmm. to help the situation. Because, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, well. Yeah. well, like I said earlier, like a lot of times when we think about opioid addictions, what we think about is shooting up. Right. Mm-hmm. But we right. all know people who buy pills. Right. Or get pills from their doctors. Because the the the... The who is responsible for this 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 epidemic are the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies. They're pharmaceuticals, exactly. Mm. Pharma. The mm-hmm. They just give out drugs. They just started giving out drugs like candy to make money. They're responsible. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You made me think about the places. Uh, I know y'all heard about it. Those places where they opening these weed markets. Oh, uh, legalized marijuana. The legal medical marijuana. Yeah. But see, the opioids, that's not legal. That's not legal. They can be arrested at any time for running those facilities. That's right. 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 I mean, like uh, the feature was saying, I mean, uh, yeah, these doctors and people who are opening the facilities, they are risking their lives and their careers to do so. And, uh, I mean, I just say power to them for trying to do it in a positive fashion. Mm-hmm. Also, I do want to say uh, this is very key information in reference to Prince's death. Um, he was prescribed to take mm-hmm. Vicodin. 
okay? And to my knowledge, he was taking that, which was a painkiller because he had had a hip surgery. But this is the part where the pharmacists are guilty. The Vicodin was laced with fentanyl. Mm. So that meant he was taking a strong opioid. And he did not know. And he did and not didn't know. know. Exactly. Mm. Unaware. Not knowing that he was taking something. And it was a lethal combination to have those two taken together. So his death, yes, you can't call that a medical mistake. You have to call that criminal mm. because it was laced in a pharmacist. May, involved. I, may I say something not to get off the subject? But yes. I was diagnosed with MS. And when I was first diagnosed with MS, they gave me all kinds of drugs, drugs that didn't even make sense to give me. I was paranoid. I felt worse then than I did before I started getting on the drugs. And I had to learn, and I had people around me. Well, actually, I had to learn how to deal with the medical, how to deal with the doctor and say, no, I don't want that. Like, if you happen, the first thing they want to do is give me painkillers. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I want mm-hmm. you to fix my problem. They don't want to do their jobs. They don't want to. They don't want to help people. They want to medicate people. They want to mm-hmm. give you something, and they want to get rid of you. And that's mm-hmm. one of the worst things about this addiction because it's not something where you sat around and said, "Hey, let's just do drugs." Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are addicted to opioids started because they had an injury. Or they had a yeah. they had something they needed help with, and That's these right. doctors and not all doctors, but these doctors right. took advantage of them. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact they give you they just give you medication to get rid of you. Every mm-hmm. every time I have a flare up and I go to the hospital, the first thing they say to me is, "Are you in pain?" Yeah. You want some pain medicine? No. I went to this one mm-hmm. hospital, and I was in pain. They said, you want something for the pain? I was like, yeah. The nurse was the one who came to me and said, Miss, Miss Gibson, do you want, do you want, um, uh, 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 I'm sorry, my MS causes me to be forgetful, but do you want, it, it, it was this strong painkiller, mm. um, and it begins with an M again, another M word. Okay. Mm. But I'm sorry, I have MS and it causes me to be forgetful because it messes with no my cognitive skills. Because it was just on the tip of my tongue. But um, when did I get morphine? That's what it was. It was morphine. Morphine, oh, that's and, a killer. morphine is a killer. They and the, that nurse, the, nurse said, the nurse said, Miss Gibson, mm-hmm. would you like morphine? Uh, did you want morphine? I said, no. So the doctor came in and... I was. He was like, "Well, did you take?" I said, "I'm not. Too, why would you give me morphine? Well, you were in pain." I said, "You don't have anything between it, between uh, Motrin and morphine that you can give me." Mm-hmm. So he, his response to me was, "Well, if you don't want it, don't take it." Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was the beginning and the end of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, we have to we have to take charge of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and and especially in in reference to medication, ladies and gentlemen, that's why this nation is having the crisis. Mm-hmm. That it's having you now. We've mm-hmm. got to take charge of our lives and don't give your power away. And if you're not feeling comfortable with anything that you're being put by, you have a right. It is your right, the patient's right to say no. Exactly. That's it. Uh-huh. It's your right. Yeah, and that's all it is that Big Pharma is making the unwanted and the guinea pigs for death. That's how they made their money. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's how they money. made all their money. Mm-hmm. They even have plain. They even have places where you go just for pain. Mm. And I know people. And the thing is, I know people who go to these places and get prescribed pills. Mm-hmm. Just because. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of funny. I had asked. You know, how do people become addicted to painkillers? What it is is that the people, the pain killers numb the pain and at the same time gives you that high feel-good feeling. And there you go. But you also need more after a while. Your body becomes... Right, and then you need more and you need more and you need more and you need more. And next thing you know, you're addicted. That's how it happens. Yeah, Yeah, you know, there's a... uh, I'm going to stay within the topic, but there's a connection to it. I don't know if anybody remembers the cartoon called Brave about the indigenous um, uh, marshal on, on New Planet, I mean, New Texas, which is the planet. And there's mm-hmm. a episode called The Price. It's really sad, and it's about this fictional drug called Spin. And how it's taken is that you, it's a liquid that you put in your palm, and you become addicted that way. It was illegal mm. in Texas, yes. It was illegal well, yeah. in Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, the episode is called The Price, Great Star. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, art imitates yeah. life for sure. Mm-hmm. But it all comes mm. back to it's not about white or black. I mean, like I said, and I keep stressing this because this seems to be the problem. People mm-hmm. don't think. They like I said. They now think here's the question. Opioids oh, are, mm-hmm. huh? All right. Yeah, I was couldn't hear you. Was going, you know, the mechanical voice. Now, um, my question. I mean, to interrupt you, but the question I had when you were saying about the location for these safe site injections, why are they not putting it in the rich neighborhoods? And if it's affecting everyone, if they want to put it in a certain neighborhood, why don't they put it in the rich neighborhood as well? You know they're not putting it in a rich neighborhood. I don't know where they're putting them, but if you know, you know, common sense wise, they're not putting them in a rich neighborhood. But okay, they're not putting them in a rich, rich users. If it's affecting huh? the rich youth, if it's also you're saying it's affecting everyone, but it's affecting the rich users, shouldn't they have a right to have a safe set injection site? You know, for they do, they do. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Just like they come oh, to Philadelphia to use their drugs, they're going to come to Philadelphia to use the oh, safe wow. injection So they're going to be At coming least, to Philadelphia. Wait, wait, let, me, let, me be, let me get to make be clear. Mm. I am not sure about that, but I don't think no, they're going to right. be asking for ID. Exactly. Mm. Wow. I didn't even look at it 
from that perspective. It's good that we're having this discussion. Yeah. And, wow. and because we're we're so we're centrally located, you're gonna have right. people from Jersey, Delaware, mm-hmm. the suburbs. You may have people from New York and Merlin York, come up. Yeah. So that's two that's hours right. away. Merlin's two mm-hmm. hours away. Maryland's two hours, that's right. Mm-hmm. So that's true. once again, that's another concern of mine is what are you going to do? Now, you, you say you're getting them to clean up the area, but what's going to stop all these drug addicts from hanging around the area? That's another right. question yeah, that you know I what, have. Somebody, yeah. All right, go ahead. Cause I, so it becomes ahead. a scourge mm-hmm. in our it, community. Mm-hmm. A blemish. See, this this is for people in Philadelphia. This show is mm-hmm, for people right. for us. People in South right. in, for people in the area because exactly. everyone will be affected. Mm-hmm, right. That's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, your point, and that's um, what I was I was concerned about. There, like, is this just to service Philadelphians, mm-hmm. or is this going to be open to the tri-state? And to rent, you know, counties and all, you know. I don't know how it wouldn't be. I mean, like I said, I am not the expert. The expert will be there on May 19th. Please come out okay. to the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to be, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're asking people for ID. Right. So how, you how would you, and, and like I said, when he comes, that's one of the questions that will be asked. How mm-hmm. are you going to regulate who comes and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Because we, you're right, because people, Philadelphia, it's a central location. New York to come, Delaware, New Jersey, Maryland. You're right. And, uh, this and then is it really more. servicing yeah. our needs as yeah. Philadelphians or servicing, I wanna, you know, others? That's true. Now, New Jersey, pot will be legal in a year for recreational use. Now, mm. you can come from other places to come to New Jersey and buy pot. Yeah. I'm still hearing that mechanical uh, and a voice but, in the background you were talking. Uh, but the situation is you're not allowed to bring it back to Philadelphia. And, like, you can't just go use it. Whereas right. Whereas okay. you can come to the city with your drugs because these people are coming with their own drugs. You're not being given drugs there. It's not like the methadone right. clinic mm-hmm. where you're given the methadone. Right. They're not dispensing drugs. Okay. You bring you bring your drug. It's like B Y O D. Bring your own drugs. B Y O D. Bring your own drugs. Oh goodness! You know, if, if this is not a mess, you know what? This is going to be an experiment going back. Yeah. I, I don't think I want to envision this. But it's actually working everywhere else. In all the other it's places, it's working, though, right? Working. For positive outcomes in other places. I guess it's all about monitoring, regulating, mm-hmm. you know, who's coming in. I, You know, security, yes. You want to make sure, you know, you're secure. Plus, you're plus secure it's going to help A lot of things to consider. Plus, it benefits the taxpayers. And it benefits the taxpayers, so you know. Because every time somebody ODs or some or the or every time that happens, your police, your ambulance, mm-hmm. your medical people, everyone has to come out. If someone dies, okay. they have to come out. 
Mm-hmm. So it does help the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's just one of many shows that I do. That's why, like, wow. after the the show, the show following that, um, it's called Upgrade Your Life. I'll have a life coach, a parenting professional, and a credit professional there to basically just give advice to the people in the audience. Right, right. That's the whole well, point of I like that is. too. I like that as a follow up to having the show on Opie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, now let's. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if my people talk to you, but I I did a show on. Domestic violence, when she hits first, because you have okay. a situation there with that, where mm-hmm. if you remember correctly, when the guy got in trouble, if they would have really went after the person, mm-hmm. the woman was beating him up all the way down the hall. Right. All the way to the <laughs> elevator. So I did a show on that. Mm-hmm. I did a show on mm-hmm. school choice, because yeah. we hear school choice all the time, but guess what? Do people really know what school choice is? And do they really understand they really don't have a choice? Mm. Because you may want your child to go to a certain school, but those schools are only letting in the best kids. They're not letting in your child if your child is a C, D student. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I do, but I've done shows, Second Chances for Ex-Offenders, where I brought people on to get the information on how to get jobs and get back on their feet. You know, okay. those are the type of shows that Like It Is does. You know, it airs on Comcast, channels 66 and 966 in Philadelphia, and Verizon's mm-hmm. channel 29 and 30 at 5 p.m. on Saturdays, every Saturday. Oh, okay. We're also could on you YouTube. Re- could you repeat the times and the uh networks and stations or channels again for everyone and thanks if you want to catch the show um you can go to it 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 airs in philadelphia county on saturdays at 5 p.m channel comcast channel 66 and 966 verizon channels 29 and 30 and if you're not in philadelphia you can watch episodes past episodes on YouTube. Our channel, our YouTube channel is like it is. Like it is one word. L capital L capital I capital K lowercase e capital I capital T is. And the reason I said it is because there's two like it is. One the oh. words are separated, and ours the words aren't. Mm-hmm. And we will also have information on the show on our Facebook page, like it is. Mm. Awesome, awesome. So, like it is, does have a Facebook page, ladies and gentlemen. Please visit tonight. Please visit Subscribe. tonight and please, yes, and put your comments down. Yes. Uh, let Rhonda know how much you appreciated her for coming on the panel, the Exceptional Scribble Show, and sharing. Wow, she shared volumes. With us, we also, have can I say insight one more thing? we have. Yes, indeed. Can I say one more thing? Like right now, I don't have the technology to mm-hmm. do the Twitter, the live Twitter and live Facebook feeds and stuff. 
So what I'm doing okay. is you can go to my my Facebook page and you can leave questions that you may have and I will ask I will have my host ask the co chair of the opioid task force the questions that you leave. Oh, okay. And what is that uh page again for everyone like so you know where to go? Facebook and that's like on it Facebook? is Yes. Okay. And could you spell it in the order the letters are in one more time? Well, for the Facebook page, it's just spelled like it is. They Like oh, it okay. is one word, and then it's is. Um, on Twitter, I mean Twitter, on um, YouTube, when you go to watch our mm-hmm. videos, like it is, and like it is one word. Okay. Also, you if so you like... Also, if you'd like, I'll send I'll send you a flyer that you can put on your site if you would like. Yes, yes, I would like that. And I will definitely put it on the Exceptional Scribble Show, which is our fan page on Facebook. Yes, indeed. Thank you for having me. Thank page. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And um, before Rhonda exits tonight, Ladies and gentlemen, for those that are still on the call, I'm going to ask uh, Central and Northern Arizona first, then North Central Kentucky, and then Philadelphia, PA, in that order. Um, Central and North Arizona, do you have any remarks, comments, or questions? Um, my my personal experience, this is Pamela, um, it's kind of opposite of the mainstream production of um, getting into the addiction. Mm-hmm. I've always avoided um, using them because I, you know, had neighbors and friends that have and been mm-hmm. a example to me um, for legalized prescription pain medication for fibromyalgia. Mm. Um you know, I lived in Oregon. I was a medical marijuana user, and it helped. And I received so much prosecution, even from my family, about mm-hmm. marijuana. Um, mm-hmm. I quit using it, even though it helped. And I'm at the um, quandrum of investigating, you know, possibly a... Um, combination of mainstream pharmaceutical help, but my my whole hope is to go holistic. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's going to take time. Um, but my my quandrum presents a an interesting um, aspect, I think, um, to the situation at hand, and um, I think addressing your personal experience with MS and, you know, the issue of medical marijuana having legitimate health benefits um, mm-hmm. may or may not be something you want to consider as a catalyst to explaining the potentials for um, other options to recovery because I believe recovery is possible and there's an entire huge community of successful recovering people and many addictions 
Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. So I believe a little bit of hope can be mm-hmm. a catalyst. And I, I really appreciate um, your your program. And I'm going to check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, awesome, awesome. We're now moving on to North Central Kentucky. North Central Kentucky, if you're there and you have a comment, remark, or question, your mic is now open. North Central Kentucky, welcome. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Kane Spade, and then we're going to move on to Dark Joy Child. Yes, this is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is Shirley J. Carter. And in light of what I heard of the discussion tonight, I think it's a good thing for everybody to participate by coming out and being Mm -hmm. part of the audience for the program. And um, I think a lot of the questions that were raised tonight uh, will be answered during that program. It's a great discussion. Yes, indeed. I agree. Awesome, awesome. I want to say again, special, special thanks to our feature and special guest in the spotlight, Ms. Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer. Um, I can't ex- I can't express with words just how appreciative I am right now. You have helped us all. Um, I know I have a whole different feeling along with a whole different perspective and even greater insight about these opioid injection sites. I'm, I've moved from neutral because I was in a neutral, more of a neutral position on that. Mm-hmm. That was the stance I was taking. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get political. I didn't want to get religious. I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to get a lot of things. I just wanted to, be rational and logical. And I think now, um, after hearing all the facts and listening to perspectives and just basically considering what the pros are, weighing out the pros from the cons, I'm more so inclined to say I think we need to give it a try. Everything is not... um, always comfortable when it's different, awkward, something new, and we haven't done this before, and there's going to be some challenges. However, we got to push past that, which a lot of times is just a lot of emotion, and suggest that if it's going to result in the outcome, meaning less opioid deaths, and it's a safe haven for addicts. We need to try this thing. Give it a try. You know, it deserves a trial, period. And then, you know, we can assess things after that trial period is over and real, you know, and in real time say, well, maybe we need to tweak some things. And it did work. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. But don't just throw in the towel just because there are some cons. Weigh it out, 
And if you see in the pros are much more, which is saving lives, and that's what really matters at the end of the day, then we need to give this a try. That's my voice on this issue after the discussion we had tonight. And I'm going to pass the mic. We have um, our our co-host yet that has some comments, and then we're going to hear from Dark Joy Child, and then we'll uh, wrap wrap this segment up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, friend the Sage Poet. I do believe I heard you call my name, and uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I apologize. I really do. I'm I'm sorry. You know what it is. It's it's that you know after nine o'clock, some of us get it when we're middle agers. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Forgive You're me good. is what I'm saying. Forgive me, please. <laughs> hey, no problem. I'm definitely enjoying this show here tonight, and uh, basically, I wanted to ask the feature, uh, Miss Pfeiffer. I mean, uh, when is your show? going to broadcast uh, what station, mm-hmm. what channel, you know, so people know here in Philadelphia when to check this out to tune in. Well, what I'd like for you to do is actually come to the taping on May the 19th. May the 19th at 4 p.m. Um, downtown 7th Street, Philly Cam, between Market and Chestnut. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'll put and if you have a Facebook, I will I have a Facebook page. Uh you can like it. Um it's like it is and I will have the event information on there and where you can RSVP. To make sure you get a seat. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to meeting you. Indeed, you're welcome. Excellent. Good question, Kane. A matter of fact, Kane, we're going to talk off the air. Uh, there is a group of us that will be going, and you definitely are invited to be a part of that entourage. It's a group of, group of us that will be going. All right. All right. All right. The poor Thelman. And then we're going to hear from Dark Joy Child, Zipporah, co-host. All right. Well, thank you, Duchess friend. Uh, regarding now that we have some insight, you know, regarding the cause and effect of these uh, space site injections, what we need to be concerned about is the effect. It's like, is the pro going to outweigh the con or, you know, the other way around? And who is it going to affect the whole community or just the people and the uh, the users and the moderators? Exactly. Mm -hmm. All in favor, say aye. Aye. And that's one. Exactly. That's why I'm doing the show, so people can be made aware of where it's going to be, when, how, what, the how, what's, why's, the whole nine. That's right. That's why we need to be at this taping, everyone. If you're in the Philadelphia area on May 19th, be there, be made aware. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. We have Dark Joy Child. Dark Joy Child, welcome. 
And please, if you have any comments, remarks from what you've heard or any questions, feel free to address our feature artist, our feature guest, special guest feature, and that is Ms. Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer. Hello, Ms. Pfeiffer. Um, Hello. I am glad to hear about opioid indexing sites in other states. I'm actually in the state of California, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on giving law enforcement and uh, first responders Narcan uh, to be uh, able to stop and not just first responders, but encouraging people to carry Narcan, uh, which is a drug that is used to reverse opioid overdoses. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a movement that I'm actually a part of in Northern California. I took a course on how to uh, give a Narcan injection and have a pack. It is not that I am an opioid user. When I was first introduced to the idea of it, my response was, but I don't know any opioid users. And I found out through this, after two of my friends died of heroin overdoses, that we really don't know what we don't know about people. And judgment can kill you as fast as Mm -hmm. an overdose, literally. So I carry it. And my friend Dana was able to save someone's life on the street, a stranger who convulsed in an overdose on the street, and she pulled it out of her bag. They tried to stop her, and she did it. She did it, and we are trying to make people see that it's not encouraging opioid use. It truly is dealing with it as a community and not as a judge, not as if you stigmatize. I, I don't know how else to say it. You cannot make an opioid user. You, they become, people become what they're going to become. Yes, having yes. a way to be a resource, having a way to reach out is how you address these things. I cannot stress enough how much, when I saw what the topic was, I was mm-hmm. just uh, just overjoyed. So my question is about Narcan. <laughs> and if you already spoke about it, I'm really sorry that I missed it. It's okay. But, we didn't speak about it. But I know a lot of people yeah. carry it. Um, I think, well, it's not it's not enabling them because they don't know who's carrying it and who's not carrying it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if someone, and I think it's best to have it because, the bottom line, regardless of why you're dying, regardless of why you're dying, people want to save lives. You know? Uh, yeah. Now, this is Warriors Queens of Poor. I have a question about Arcan. Where can it be bought? Uh, tell you the truth, I don't know, but she knows. Where can it be bought? <laughs> <laughs> Narcan, you, it, it is, depending on where you are, <laughs> Depending on where you are, you can go in and get some. It is it's safe. It's available without a prescription. You can go to CVS and get it. Oh, 
Okay, everybody hear that? that easy. You can wow, Everybody CVS is promoting, they're one of the few drugstores that is truly promoting the use and the the getting of Narcan. You can get the nasal spray if you're not into, like, giving people shots and just shoot right. it up their nose. And I, I can't say enough, wherever you are, it'll be different in different states. California is really trying to to get everybody on board and CVS offers it over the counter in 40 and 40 ish states. I can't say how many exactly. Um, you know, I I don't know if I'm taking up too much time, but I have a question. You're from Northern California. Okay. This is good. Yeah. From Northern California. So how are the safe injection sites there working out? They're working out great. I think that the first step, the first step to recovery for an addict first is acceptance that that people know you have a problem and they accept that you have a problem, not that you are a pariah. And Mm -hmm. a safe space to address what they know is an issue. Right. Okay. Beautiful. And that's what these injection sites are, those safe havens where they can have their issues addressed. Exactly. And properly treated in, in, a private, yes. in, in a private quarters, per se. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's really the, the space of it. Because I just don't see anyone just wanting – opioids isn't a party drug. It's not a mm-hmm. drug where you're going out and you just say, okay, let's go shoot up. But that's not a party right. drug. So there's issues associated with their drug, whether they're mental mm-hmm. or physical. There are issues associated with it. So those safe injection sites, that's another positive. Once you get them in there, you can help them with the issues. And once you start helping people with their issues, maybe you can get to rehab. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. The, I'm sorry. I, before you started. even – that's exactly – the perp that that was not what was positioned to the to the 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 clients who come. It truly is a place where if you have to do it in a clean, safe place where you can be cared for, watched, um, and talked to, not lectured, not right. preached to, but talked mm-hmm. to. How did you start? What? Where did this begin for you? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a place to stay? And so many of them were mm-hmm. on a prescription medication that they just could no longer afford, and it went mm-hmm. from treating chronic back pain, surgeries, uh, various things that they were taking it for, Speak on it. to getting on what it. they could get and then getting on the cycle and not being able to get off. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. With no you one know. trying to help them get off. You think your doctor would try to help right. you get off. But no, 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 no. They just add to it. They either add to it or they money. cut you off. They make a judgment mm-hmm. and they cut you off. They cut you off and they make you an addict because they don't step you down. They cut you right. off. And the result is the the desperation that leads them 
to you reuse a needle to mm-hmm. do things that I mean some of the things that I've had explained to me will give me nightmares for the rest of my life. Mm. One of my friends, Francesca, died, a nurse, trying Mm. to, Mm. she gave herself heroin, realized she took too much, and died trying to get the Narcan. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, There are some things. I mean, that's also like Prince. Prince's prescriptions weren't in his name. They were in somebody Mm -hmm. else's name. His exactly. body is crazy. It's really something. Yeah, when you really think about it and you think about the fact that most of these people are on are addicted because <coughs> they need help. Mhm. That puts it in a whole number of perspective. Cuz you never know when you go, you mm-hmm. might get hurt. You never know. That man danced around for years in high heels until his back <laughs> went out. Yeah, for years, had, him, Sheila E, hip surgery. And when they got on mm-hmm. their prescription medications for back pain, that was legit back pain, and somebody mm-hmm. thought they'd be helpful, doctor, family, whatever, and decided, no more for you. What do you do? If they're yeah. already you're addicted, you just say, "Okay, stop now." It's it's ludicrous. It's like you don't believe it's it's an it's an illness. It's an addiction, and so you just leave them to their devices. Here's hoping for the best. If he couldn't have gotten other people to get those prescriptions in their names, what do you think he would have done or has done? Did right? You know, and, and we people are so right. quick to judge. How low won't you go? You know, when it, it becomes an addiction. And for some of us, we've had cravings. You know, we've never been addicted, per se, to a painkiller. We've had cravings. Even something as simple as a, a an eclair. And you have this craving. Look, <laughs> you will do whatever you got to do to get to that place where you're going to get that eclair. And you know they close a certain time. You're going to be you, traffic. You don't know how right you are. Going, you know. You're going to do There's, what you got to do to get Sugar has fulfilled. to be as addictive as, mm-hmm. as opiates. I, I have to believe that because there are people so addicted to sugar. Yeah. You hit that right on the head. I'm just saying. I see stuff. <laughs> I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's real. It's real talk. Mm-hmm. Addictions, I think we have them. Some of us. We have learned how to mask that fact that we are addicts to something. Mm-hmm. We're all addicted to something. And no one without. Are... <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of people are addicted to pills, and not just pain pills, like mm-hmm. medicine for medicine for depression. Like there's that's right. Sometimes, I mean, because I also notice that, like, I have, I know people who, okay, they'll take a medication. The doctor will give them another medication. But he won't say to them, stop taking that other medication, although that's what it imply, he's implying. And they're taking both the medications for the same thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. The regulation needs to be with these pharma, pharmaceutical companies and these medical these these medical doctors and facilities. 
That's where it mm-hmm. needs to start. Because until you get to the root of it, which is them, it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the root is really tough. And like the caller said. The, the idea of microdosing has ever taken on this country. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I love being an American. However, mm-hmm. right. the idea of yeah. having a little bit of something is just not how we do. We want all of it That's and a whole true. bunch of all of it. So the idea That's of true. microdosing opiates to address what you're taking it for, nobody ever, pharmaceutical companies would go broke if people microdosed. So by the same token, when you say, you know, we're all addicts, to some degree, Mm -hmm. it's not that we're addictive, it's that we are greedy to an extent that we can't have a little bit of something. We got to have it all the time, every day, over and over. Mm -hmm. And there is no mechanism that we can fall back on as a reaction to, oh, I only want to do this much because I don't want to, I just want to let it address what I'm taking it for. I don't want it to fuck with my head, excuse my language. Mm -hmm. But, and and we just don't have that languaging in this country. And it, it just bothers me that when they make these drugs legal in other countries and micro dosing it is the way that they go, it's like, oh, no, heroin's legal in, in Amsterdam or wherever. Yeah, it is. And, and where they legalized it, they're having less of a drug problem. <laughs> right. That's what I'm starting to see in reports that, yes, that's why I say, why don't we, what do we have to lose? And so you know the statistics, we know the opioid deaths, outnumber other uh, deaths that are, you know, can be prevented or crime, crime, criminal uh, deaths. But we need to give it a try, have this trial period of uh, having these injection sites and figure out based on assessments, based on proof, not opinion, proof, facts, reports, documentation, what's working, and tweak what we find is not effective. You know, you know what Before we can do? Scan it and just dismiss it and say, why even bother? Just mm-hmm. because there are some cons. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. we're too quick to cut things off at the knee. Because of feelings, and we need to be more fat first. That's rough because so much of the information and quotey fingers fat that we have about quotey fingers narcotics come from our own uh, uh, Food and Drug Administration and the FDA is bought and mm-hmm. paid for. The pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. owns that whole wrap-up. And when you start legal, I mean, it's not a wonder or a surprise that, that pot did not become legal in California first, considering we were growing it. And as soon as it went legal everywhere else, uh, we made a lot of money because all the weed growing here got sold everywhere. But... Mm-hmm. What you find out is that you can't talk about 
Exactly. Some of the things that these things treat, our industries don't even consider an illness. I call oppression-based traumatic disorder Mm. an Mm -hmm. illness that will never be diagnosed because they don't address the fact that there are people who are a combination of depressed, bipolar, schizophrenic, paranoid, because of a legitimate oppression-based trauma that is ongoing. It hasn't ended. It's not a a post thing. Well, they're teaching it. You know, they have professors that are teaching post-traumatic slave disorder. Mm -hmm. Now it's accepted. In the Mm -hmm. academia, Mm -hmm. um, yes, in the academia um, institutions, they are literally allowing for this to be subject matter that's taught by professors, that post-traumatic slave disorder, mm-hmm. slavery disorder is a reality. And these are the symptoms, and that's how they're teaching it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, we can, this. Op, you know what, this opioid epidemic is easy to stop, just like gun violence. I did a show on <laughs> it, too. That's not easy. That's, that's another story. But it's easy to stop. You know how? The gatekeepers. I'm sure the doctors mm-hmm. know, okay, you can stay on opioids for this amount of time before you get addicted. So right, before you right, even put right, somebody exactly. on it, if you sit with them and develop a plan, okay, you need to take this. But here, this is our plan. We're going to take it for this amount of weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. in this amount of weeks, this is how you're going to take it. Like like the medicine that I take when I have a flare-up. The steroids, mm-hmm. it's a step-down dose. If they right, gave right. painkillers, if they gave a step-down dose, if they did a step-down dose, that would stop a lot of these addictions. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we got to go back to dollars and cents. This is a capitalistic mm-hmm. government So when it all boils down, it's all about the business of making that almighty dollar. And if it's more lucrative, that people be addicted, that people remain addicted, then those measures of support are going to be removed. I would even go far as to say, to your point, that it is the keeping them addicted. It is the exactly. revenue from drug-related crimes, quoting fingers. That revenue is very difficult to give up because it mm-hmm. supports a foundation of our country, government, Capitalism. law enforcement, our hospitals, and to to actually manage it in a way that is actually good for the patient will be bad for business, Mm -hmm. literally, law enforcement, hospitals, government. Exactly. Exactly. That's why you don't have to care for any. That's why you don't have to care for any. That's how our system was set. That's how our system was set. We have to remember, slavery made this country wealthy. The institutionalization of it, as for industry, made this country wealthy. Being able to trade, 
slaves from one province and country and island to another. It became a money-making industry. It was business. Yeah, but this country learned yeah, its mistakes. Say we're not going to be slaves anymore, and then in slavery, that's not how slavery ended. And slavery was an illness on this country. But when it ended, you sent it never ended out. You've been misinformed. It's not allegedly over. free people. Yeah, exactly. It's not over. It never ended. But back to the opioid injection mm-hmm. sites. We've got to stay focused. We want to see change. We want to see change, right? Right. You have to pay. There's going to be. There's going to be a price to pay. There's going to be some cons. Mm-hmm. There's going to be sacrifices, unfortunately. Yes, yes. There's still going to be those that will die. We can't prevent the inevitable, but we've got to be willing. Are we willing to do what's necessary for change? Mm-hmm. That's Basically, the question. There's something you said. You said the people, this country is all about money. Those are the people that. Well, I'm not talking about everybody in this country, but I am talking about those that govern at the top. Yeah, I know. I know. Those in government, that's how they get what they want. Yeah, capitalism has been. That's true to an extent, but another reason they get what they want is because with the money, they have a voice. And they're loud, and you hear them. And once again, that's why I have my show, because the people, the person with the voice who screams the loudest, is the person that gets taken care of. But also, like, yeah. there's something in the Bible. In the Bible, in the Bible they say, in the Bible they say, um, I don't know it exactly. I'm not that good of a Christian, but in the Bible they say <laughs> the, the, the neighbor knocked on the door and he kept knocking until his neighbor gave him some bread. And the neighbor gave him bread, not because he liked him. He gave him bread because he got on his nerves and he kept knocking. The people who get, the person with the voice, the person who speaks the loudest gets the help. And that's why I do my show. So people can have a voice and they can be heard and they can be helped. Okay, I'm done. I agree to that. Mm -hmm. I agree to that. And I'm hoping that everybody that can be present on the 19th of May will be present for that taping because when all of us lift our voices and that sound gets heard from Congress, then maybe then we can start seeing the action that we haven't been seeing because I know for one thing, it's time. We need, we need change and we need it now. We've been waiting for long enough. There's been so many programs I'm programmed up and programmed out. There's been so many, quote-unquote, movements, and we're going to continue to have movements. But it's got to get into the core of us, the core of our being where we say, enough is enough, and we mean it. It's not just words. And we start acting like enough is enough. And we start doing what we need to do because until that happens, 
we're still on the plantation and we're still slaves. Regardless of how you feel about it. Because you're still asking master for for permission and for position. And we should never have to beg. When you know who you are, you should be able to make a decree and see something happen. That's another reason why. See, because I'm not just the executive producer. I'm also the creator of the show. That's another That's reason it. why I created the show, because I got tired of asking. I don't want to have to ask somebody to work for them. I'm brilliant. I can do my own thing. I believe in that 100%. That's my mantra, and that's what I go for. And in everything I do, I say, if I can't own, and that's one thing I do admire about Oprah, it's about owning. It's about mm-hmm. taking full ownership. It's not about just hosting We've been hostess for years. We've been managing for years. We've been so much. We've been administrative support. We've been executive assistance. It's time for us to run the damn ship, okay? (laughs) For too long, we've been, seriously, we've been, like, helping. We've been, we've been props. We've been everything. But it's time now for us to operate. I made, I made millions from the top. I've made millions for the major television stations. How millions. One of my shows still airs today. One of the shows I was responsible for formatting still airs today. They've made millions off of me. I yeah. don't see that. That's it. But I get the satisfaction of doing my own show and actually doing some good and helping people instead of just doing the news. Right, right. There you go. There you go. I love that. There's people behind. There's people behind the headlines, and you Mm -hmm. need to see those people and know those people. That's right. And listen to those people because no one can tell you what they. No one can tell you. Like for example, you have all these people in Congress. I know we're getting off the topic. But you have all these people in Congress making all these laws and all these rules. Mm-hmm. Come talk to me. I'll tell you what I need to help me. You can't tell me what I need to help me because you're not in my situation. You don't That's live my true. life. And that is, I think, a problem is that no one lives anybody else's life. And mm. if that is the benchmark that we go on, we don't find an accord because while we can all be people of color or not, depending on if you are or Mm -hmm. not of color, we don't have the same walk. Earlier I made the comment about oppression-based traumatic disorder. I do not say post-traumatic disorder because I don't think – I don't think slavery ended. I don't think oppression ended. And I think Mm -hmm. part of the disorder is that people are saying slavery's over, so let's find you some healing. And in the fact that we say we're not slaves but we still have masters, slavery didn't end. You just stopped calling us slaves. You just got other names like customer service rep or whatever. I think that when you realize that 
we are not going to all agree on what the best practice of anything is, but as long as Mm -hmm. we agree that everyone is entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and overdosing on a drug, giving something that will cause you an addiction that you can't get off of by yourself, and not being the professional who took an oath that guides you through that, which is what their job is, I cannot put myself in that. There used to be medicine people in villages, and this was their job. Mm-hmm. Medicine that shamans, yeah. The shamans, that was their mm-hmm. job. And mm-hmm. their job was you and need to take it. this because you need to talk to the spirits, but you only mm-hmm. need to take it once, and we're here to help you when mm-hmm. you're done. And that's just mm-hmm. not a, aftercare is not a part of care anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like everything's urgent. Listen, like I said, you go to the hospital, the first thing they want to do is just give you a painkiller so you'll leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fix the problem. Don't medicate me. Fix my problem. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we rush the judgment. We don't really Mm -hmm. properly diagnose. There's no real triage centers anymore. It's like a rush to judgment. Oh, that person, Mm -hmm. just do this. They, they're mm-hmm. from that. I mean, we don't really listen anymore to really get to know what the problem truly is. So it's putting a Band-Aid on a sore mm-hmm. that festers. Mm-hmm. Nothing's resolved. Mm-hmm. Or does But we can, and I keep <laughs> staying hopeful, we can make that transition from that being stuck in this place where... We see all these problems, and they're not being resolved. We can make that transition from that place to progression where we're willing to see the change. And it starts within where we make choices and and we decide for ourselves that we don't want to keep seeing the same thing happening over and over and we start doing things that we need to start doing. Sometimes it's us. We've been making excuses for why we're where we are. And the blame game goes on and the blame game goes on. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. And if this was different and if I only had money, and we always say that, some of us, if I only had money, like that's going to fix what's broke. You will never have enough. <laughs> you will never have enough. Trust me. You know, it's like, yeah. Because Kanye sure enough, West we know taxes, taxes increase. Taxes have Kanye increased. lost his mother by paying for plastic surgery that she didn't need. And she died, I believe, under mm-hmm. anesthesia. I think mm-hmm. that he does not believe he is fit to live, and so he has forfeit his common sense. His rudder in life is missing. I'm not giving that man excuses, but I will say this. I will say this. I think that at some point when we allow ourselves to give up on the belief that we deserve better, Mm -hmm. We give up on anything that resembles common sense, 
And uh, that brother, I see the hell he has made for himself. If you listen to his earlier music, this is some incredible right. shit right now. Like, yes. what yes. happened? What I haven't happened? even listened to the recent you stuff. Say, I've been hearing stories. Can you, can you say mental illness? Woo! Can you, though? Wait, wait. wait. Wow. The thing is, but this is the kicker. No one's saying it for him because he's a celebrity. If he was just yeah. an average right, guy, right, right. the first thing they say is he's crazy. It's a mental illness problem. So, But instead of trying to get him help, what's everybody doing? Because you're thinking of Kanye. You're not thinking Dagger. about the fact that he's mentally Going ill. Yeah. And you know this is close to Mother's Day. And I said, is anybody dealing with that fact? It's a depression. It's oh, yeah. um, a lot of things riding on him right now. It's close to Mother's Day. We're in May now. Yeah, that was a fluke accident. I've never heard of anybody dying over plastic surgery. That is a trip, right? Mm-hmm. And he had all that money, and that's what she wanted. She, someone who wanted to change the way they looked because they've mm. never been comfortable with the way they looked. If you look at the pattern of what that whole chain of events was, your mother too. was a woman who did not accept her own being. Right, And you right. paid That's for her mindset. to change it and she died. What mm. do you think you're thinking right now? Yeah, see, it's a lot on them. A lot on that conscience. A lot of things are riding on them. And I think sometimes you got to surround yourself with the right energy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not trying to judge anybody, but you know it does matter. Birds of a feather flock together. Um, you surround yourself with monsters. crazy is as crazy. He <laughs> surrounds yourself. Got to be careful. But I notice every time around, like Mother's Day. It's like some kind of break. I don't know if it's a psychotic break, but he has these, yeah, goes on these tirades. Mm-hmm. It's a pattern. I've been noticing, you know, now over the years. And I just wonder who the who around him is really helping him. Like, you know, the criticisms, come on. After so many years of seeing the same thing, this brother needs help. Yeah, you know what? This somebody is help him, please. Somebody said John Legend was trying to talk to him. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But see, the yeah, thing is, in, they're not trying yeah. to talk to him about what's going on with him. They're fussing at him. They're okay. fussing at him. Yeah, about yeah, a they're fussing at him. No, Jay-Z tried to talk to him. I think that Jay-Z tried to talk to him when he first went on the stage, uh, what was the MTV oh, okay. or H1 or whatever it was, and that was when Jay-Z pulled him in and started really getting uh, at him about his mental health, and he even spoke about his mental health at that time. Mm. Okay. And when Jay-Z started blowing up, whatever happened between them, had to be saved. Mm-hmm. He even went into business with him and pulled him in, and then it mm-hmm. became a, a competition between wives and a bunch of craziness. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I was hearing. Like, he got crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It became Patty, obvious Patty. that someone reached out 
and put hands-on healing and tried to help him, and the people who were talking about him and to him were speaking specifically about stress, exhaustion, mm-hmm. uh, mental illness, and family, and really being around him. And whatever mm-hmm. it was that broke that connection, Jay-Z severed ties with him, other people in the industry right. very clearly severed what was once very clear ties to him. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to work with him. And at some point, you could clearly see that whatever it was that they were trying to impress upon him about his well-being was not well-received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that matters. Being receptive matters. And, you know, this latest that, uh, you know, what Kanye is doing now, what he said today about slavery being a choice. He, I'm what? sorry. He, oh. Yeah, today he was saying being a choice. <laughs> and he was saying that uh, 400, 400 years of slavery was, was, a, was a choice. And it, it, I, I'm like, I'm t- what, was, what I heard talking was identifying with the aggressor. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, remember he had that meeting with Trump? Mm-hmm. And when I saw him and Trump like <laughs> together, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like he really crossed that line now. <laughs> um, that is when he dropped into the sunken place. Right, it's but like not, there's a place of no place. return. You can Did go. You see Did you see that hallway? He's going to get on there and talk about this. Look like the sunken place. Yes, that yep. looks like the sunken place. Exactly like the movie. That's how it looks. Right. And you're probably sitting that in a chair right in front of everybody. Oh, yeah, that movie. Oh, my gosh. I was just Get out, man. It was scared of living daylight. And Rod was the only one who was awoke. And I saw um, a Duchess fan, remember the term epic memory that you had mentioned about? Yes. That is what, that epic memory is what saved uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, when those ancestors, yeah. And those ancestors, you know, start yep, in him. And that's why he mm-hmm. fought the Armitage. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. We are not alone. I am convinced. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. They paved the way for us. If we listen to what they are telling us, and that DNA, that blood that runs through your veins, they are still very much alive in us. If we really listen, we know what to do. Internally, we know when it's right to turn right, and we know when it's wrong to turn left. But sometimes we just override. We override them. We override that light within us, and we just don't heed to it, and that's when trouble finds us. But I don't know. It's just... I, I I hope the best. I hope mm-hmm. that he does find, you know, himself again. I think somewhere along the line, you He's know, there. he gave himself away. Just needs therapy. He needs therapy. He needs That's therapy it. and he needs medication and he'll be fine. But you know they medicated him that mm-hmm. one time well, he, after he, he had that, yeah. Yeah, he better keep taking it because scuba. I don't know what they meant. Yeah, then what did they give him? Did it make it worse? You know, you can't trust some of these medics too. I don't know what he was on, but he shouldn't be on it now. So he should stop. He should get rid of that song. A Scooby Doo song just ain't working for me. 
Wow. And I was a big Kanye West fan. I love Kanye. Yeah, Kanye in the beginning, like the early stuff, I know I listened to it. The consciousness stuff, the real talk stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, then, whew, I don't know what happened now. <laughs> the different kind. You know of, what? I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to comment on Jay-Z and I was talking to him about his mental health. They was trying to, you know, get his conscious back together. You know, they were trying to get his awareness together. And so what happened was that the powers that be, you know, came between and split up Jay-Z and Kanye. Because they, they don't saw want Jay-Z because Jay Z, you know, they saw Jay Z was really helping him, you know, what he was telling him the things that he needed to hear, and that scared the powers to be. So they. Oh wow! You just said something. I did You know what? I didn't. I didn't really listen to what he said at first, but you know what? That kind of makes sense because I heard that. Yeah. Yep. There are those that are handlers that mm-hmm. choose your mates for you and all that other stuff when yeah, you're in you know the limelight. Yeah. And that's what a psychologist has said, too, is that in entertainment, I'm just going to be real, like, why so many, you know, I'm going to use the correct term, why so many Moorish entertainers are with Caucasian women is because their agents send these women to spy on these men. Mm. I'm going to leave that alone. Because, look, we want to have this radio program still Mm -hmm. running come next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they may try to shut us down. We telling right, too much right, truth. You know what? Yeah, I was just repeating what was said. We starting to tell too much truth right now. I think we need to Oh boy, we want to come back next week. We better be careful. All right, protected by the First Amendment, right? Freedom of <laughs> Yeah, we better know our rights, right? <laughs> you gotta fight for your rights. <laughs> Oh, wow. This is all conjecture. Right? <laughs> Listen. You'll be okay. Listen. Sorry, Listen, not you'll sorry. Be okay. You'll be all right as long as you don't talk about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Just don't talk Lord. about her. And her smoky eye. What? Oh, don't worry. I won't be talking about her. See, see, this is a radio program. I'm about to go on y'all with this smoky eye. Did she hit that on the nose? Because every time I watch her, the first thing I say is, why is she wearing a smoky eye in the afternoon? Why? Right. Yeah, that's an evening look, right? I'm telling that's you, the White the House evening. makeup people hate them. The White House makeup people hate them all because y'all come on looking like some freaking cartoon characters. You look like an evil villain. You look like a circus clown. Y'all makeup people hate you. Oh my! Well, we know she didn't go to school for cosmetology. Now, look here. All that L'Oreal back, girl. First of all, I heard she was thirty-five. I heard she was thirty-five. Who? Oh, see, I didn't. Are you serious? See, really? Wow! Wait! Wow! You know See, what? We're, we're Time going, has we're not on, been kind. We are living I on know. different topics. I thought much I more. A, I, I thought a whole decade ahead of that. <laughs> I got a beef with that. I got a beef with mm-hmm. that. I'm upset because what's going on is Sarah Huckabee's farmer, she whatever her name is, Sanders, she's not very attractive. So when people talk about her not being very attractive, everybody gets mad at them because they know she's really not very attractive. Like, she's not somebody who could fix herself up. 
So people oh, feel okay. bad for her when yeah. people talk about her because they were mad at the comedian. They said the comedian talked about her looks and she talked about her her her, her appearance. That's what they were mm. mad about. But it's a comedian. They talk about right. everybody's That's appearance. What they're saying. And Talking about her being a paid liar is frowned upon. So let's talk about her eyes now. You know, no, just be no. nice about it. What got me was when she said she burns the lies and takes the ashes and makes a smoky eye. Hello. Hello. Oh, no. oh, I'm no. like, ooh, struck a nerve. So there's a formula to the madness. Okay. <laughs> see, see, it's not fair. It's not fair to her because the only reason they're mad at her is because of Sarah Huckabee Farmer. Huckabee said Sarah Huckabee said she, she even has a homely name. Imagine that name going through school. I know. My name is that Sarah is, Huckabee Farmer. Yes. So the yes, thing indeed. is, they're mad at her because they, they, they feel bad for Sarah Huckabee. They got on Saturday Night Live when they tried to make a joke about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty bold, though, I for that comedian. I was like, wow. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. I laughed. Because every time hurt. I look at a press conference with her, the first thing I think is, why is she wearing that smoky eye in the middle of the daytime? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Sarah. Who hurt you, honey? Who did mm. you, She got money. She got money. She's married. Mm-hmm. You can get a makeup. You can get somebody to do your exactly, makeup. Exactly. A makeup artist for real. Yes. Wait, because if you notice, I don't know if you watch CNN, but I watch CNN because I'm a news whore. CNN, mm-hmm. you will see these people that are on CNN. You see them two months later, they they look totally different. They didn't got their different. hair did, their nails did. Mm-hmm. There's one woman on there. She used to look a hot mess. She didn't got her hair cut. She's on point. Oh yeah. What's even her name? Carrie is it Joy? Yes. yes. Even yes. even Carrie Ann got a facelift. That <laughs> <laughs> even. What's her name? <laughs> Carrie Ann. Who is she? Right. Calmly. <laughs> her face picked it up. You know what? There are so many things I can say about Miss 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 Ma'am that is actually related to this show that I'm not going to do because I want Scribble to stay on. I I want, you know, exceptional Scribble to to, to be here. So I will just say that, yeah, she probably had to tighten up everything because... Yeah, she was Kelly and Conway, that's her. She was dangerous. She was really stupid. Wow. Her face was falling down. You know, Mm. I... I'm not going to do it. See? Not today, and, baby. No, what is this thing? I'm not saying it's funny. I'm not saying it's funny, but literally her face was falling down. Yes, it was. This <laughs> is my Man, I'm telling you, meth is a dangerous drug. You can't have a same <laughs> face with a fly outfit. That don't work. I know, right? <laughs> Well, do you guys remember that puppet, Madam? Oh yeah, I loved her. That's really all I'm gonna say about that. Ooh, 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 oh, you no. are so right. Oh my God, you are so right. Y'all don't hear me though. <laughs> Come down ooh, to that's Jamaica, a and that's, that's all I'm gonna say about her. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know that's a theme. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying anything else about that woman because we're going to keep this right. show on. You know what? I know, please. Y'all, no, y'all, are, y'all are, you guys are shaming. Is it body shaming or face shaming or, or just, you know what? I'm going to tell you what the problem is. The problem is they're ugly on the inside and it makes them ugly on the outside. Well, <laughs> yes, it has that's to be. You can only true. tell, you can, listen, you can only tell so many lies before your face starts falling down. Damn. <laughs> wow. That's to be a warning label. Wait, so, wait, wait, so it's not, wait, so it's not, it's not uh, that you know, to be a warning anymore. Label, yeah. It's not the Pinocchio nose anymore. <laughs> it's not that. It's the fallen faces. Look at Trump's face. His face falling down, too. <laughs> well, that's another matter. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and you know what I don't understand? What I don't understand is if he's a billionaire and he owns all these suits and everything, why can't he dress? Why don't he get his clothes tailored? He yeah, looks like so a I was going to say that. Yeah, you know what? Because the White House stylists uh, hate them. Hate them. Hate mm. They dress poor Carrie Ann like some kind of extra from Popeye. Girl, some of the crazy red, white, blue clothes she wears every day. She, does she own something that's not I, red, white, and blue? I just don't think she does. Uh, Meanwhile, sorry. they got Miss Smoke Actually, Guy here. She does. And she does. It, Orange the jacket she wore to inauguration. <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Farmer. I mean, why do you call her Farmer? Sarah Huckabee Farmer. Sanders. <laughs> because. Oh, <laughs> my. See, I can't. She got right from the handmade. It's her appearance. She's yeah, 35, yo. That's just more proof. That's just more proof that lies make your face fall down. She's 35. <laughs> Wow. It looks like she's done a lot more work than she's actually done in her life. And I think that yeah, has she to does. do. It's the lie. She does. It's the lie. And it's the it lie. is. It's eating away at her. I I believe Ooh. that she means to do a good job at whatever job she has. And the job that she has is being the, the country liar. So what winds up happening <laughs> is that, you know, she she's going to try to make that job look like something glamorous, and she's going to try something she saw a YouTube video on, <laughs> right? And do the smoky eye thing with the contouring, and it's like, look, child, look, look here. Listen, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty I sure. Prove, I can prove that lies make your face fall down. Melania's mm. face ain't falling down. Mm-hmm. You see how Trump's <laughs> face ain't falling down. Trump's face falling down, and Sarah's face falling down, and and Carrie Ann got her face picked back up so she could tell more lies because her face is right. almost down to her, her tummy. Her face is on her shoulders. Carrie Ann's face was on her shoulders. That's how far hers has fell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes I'm your jaw drop. We just well. took your show in another whole whole, whole area. <laughs> <laughs> just, just went all kind of left. I know, we went went around and around and around. But you know what? We did justice to the topic tonight. 
And thank you so much for the because that information you provided, mm-hmm. it was really good, supportive facts that needed to be told that were not yet told. So we appreciate you calling and sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, indeed. It was an honor. And wow, I'm looking forward to being at that show on the 19th. I really I, am. I'm yes, looking indeed. forward to meeting you. I appreciate yes. all of you. Thank you I really so much. I enjoyed myself, ladies. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very yes. welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. And we're going to, and I'll be in touch about you coming on another time and we'll have another topic that's a pressing one, you know, within the community. I love how you always have topics that are relevant to the community. Very good. Continue. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Well, um, was there anything, Deborah, that you wanted to share with Ms. Rhonda Gibson Viper or um, dark child, dark child, dark joy child. I love that joy in it. Dark joy child. <laughs> Anything you may want to say, feel free. I'm just leaving it open to the both. Um, at this time. No, I think I said. You know what I wanted to say, especially with the topics that we were discussing. Like the connection happened, like it was supposed to. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I really hope that the poetry community, the poetry spoken word community, picks up the the torch, takes the baton, whatever needs to happen, griots need to address Mm -hmm. this from a place not of judgment, but from reality. We are griots, and this topic, needs to get some lift under it because until you really know and you unlearn your programming, you are regurgitating your programming in rhyme, in bars, in prose, and you need to pick up new information. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this show and her mm-hmm. show are are just just the spark, just the baton pass, mm-hmm. just the lighting of a torch that needs to happen because we can't keep going over and over and over, you know, when will we be free? I love this. I want to put mm-hmm. my this in your this. It's beautiful, and we should still write about these things, but we are not just poets. We are Gria. That's right. And we have a job to do, and if we don't say we can't, We look at the opioid epidemic the same way we look at the crack epidemic, and they are Mm -hmm. not the same thing. And when we start there, crack epidemic is not at all the same thing as the opioid epidemic, and it is not just because it's also white people. It is because the introduction of crack into the black community is a very Mm -hmm. different thing than seniors working people, people who could get prescription medications, being addicted and then left it high and dry to their own devices and being smart enough to know where to go and get what they need to get what they need. Mm. We need to, as a poetry community, pick up this torch, and if you are able to be at the taping or listen to it and pass this message Mm -hmm. on, you have a job to do. And that's That's really all I have to say about that. (laughs) Thanks. 
And you should, you know what? Yeah, this is our Warriors Queen Yes. Yes, and I just want to add, too, is that um, connection to what Ms. Carter had said. Um, research means to read with your third eye when doing it. Mm. That's part of my writing advice and discoveries. You know, that was the only piece of writing advice and discoveries for tonight. And I love your show. Thank I you. Some of your earlier broadcasts. Mm. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I had listened to a couple of your earlier broadcasts. Oh, so thank I, you. I really like your show. I love the show. I love what your show does because it's keeping the community awake and alert. And that's necessary right now, especially right about now when there's so much conditioning going on. Yeah. There's just so much whitewashing still going on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had a sister, and this is a, uh, she's of a Cherokee nation, and she broke down the whitewashing of the Pocahontas Disney uh, cartoon animation. I was shocked. I never saw the thing she brought out. And she said, mm-hmm. if you look at the eyes of Pocahontas, she said, those are not native eyes. Those are Asian eyes. But they mm-hmm. were like really like to emphasize Asia, the continent, and not this land. And some mm-hmm. other aspects she brought out, and she showed pictures of her father, her mother, and all of that, the, the Cherokee Nation that she's of. Mm-hmm. And she said, can't you see they're still, they're still today whitewashing us? They're mm-hmm. telling us the sto- their story, not our story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, the natives are still being, you know, disenfranchised again. Mm-hmm. Here, their that stories really aren't being told. That mm-hmm. it is isn't as it? easy as it would mm-hmm. be to have a native person drawn by a native person. If you mm-hmm. have a native person or an African American person or even a white person drawn, painted, illustrated by an Asian person, there are going. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't even have mm-hmm. to say anything but point at the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the monument to him right. and look at it, the first thing I said is, those are Asian eyes. What? Right. Like, yes. Well, what that's what we Americans, do. Native Americans with dark skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'm, my, family, my family's welcome too. Mm-hmm. And the Native Americans were dark skin. They were black. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's what she showed. Like, they were dark they had mm-hmm. the straight hair or the wavy or kinky hair, but they were dark. Yeah. yeah. And the copper mm-hmm. was a dark copper mm-hmm. tone. It wasn't like this, like, high yellow. Like, <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> has done us such an injustice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we shall overcome. <laughs> we, we shall overcome today. We shall overcome. I am fighting you all. If you ever get the chance to travel, I was fortunate. I was fortunate mm-hmm. to be able to travel to Shanghai, China. And mm. there is a sculpture of Buddha with this exact same face. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Really? I'm, I'm quite serious. I'm mm-hmm. quite serious. It's huge. And it's in Shanghai. And if you look at the eyes, the nose, and even the lips, right. the mustache and the hair, it is the same face. 
Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting regarding China? I was first told that. Emperor, mm-hmm. Yeah, China's first emperor was a Moorish man. He had woolly hair, you no know, dark skin, no. Yeah, it was more. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's the Chinese. Well, yeah. came, the Chinese came from the Africans. Right. Mm-hmm. The African, the features, just did a yeah, of that. That's where they. That's mm-hmm. how they, they. They descended from the African prototype because the African had the slanted eyes, and then as time went on, the Chinese became lighter. But they came from the African. Yeah. They right. came from us. They came from Africa. Uh huh. Yeah. We have the we don't have Every, That's right. Hood. She's right. Everyone came from us. Everyone. That, mm-hmm. that little mm-hmm. hooded thing at the corner of the eye that really mm-hmm. has to do with blocking wind and sand. And that came from northern Africa mm-hmm. because it was such right. a sandy climate. Right. right. Climate. When you see what that hood is supposed to actually be doing for your face, when you close your eyes, if you have regular slits in your eyes like we do now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't block oh, no. that fine sand that yeah. blows. But it took closing your eyes and having it hood and actually block it. I know that I just went all biology on you. But the fact yeah, of the matter is yeah. that you look at other cultures and you see what our native culture was before we were raped. And what you see is you, another thing you'll see in China in the in the Buddhist temple is the different mm-hmm. Buddhas. The the god of war has dreadlocks and is black. Mm-hmm. He is like yes. coal uh-huh. black and mm-hmm. is is angry, but he has the twisted his hair is knots all over his head. Right. When right. you when I've you walk in that. there and mm-hmm. you see that giant thing, it's like, Okay, mm-hmm. what are you mm-hmm. trying to tell me here? <laughs> well what are you trying well, to tell they me know. Here? They know. Yeah. Mhm. Yes, there was no just when they come here, yeah. they you know it's it's an indoctrination. Right. Everybody that yeah. comes here gets indoctrinated by this westernized um, cultures, Eurocentric <laughs> lie <laughs> telling <laughs> about you know the life or whatever <laughs> they want to say. I haven't seen it, 
but I already know a lot of the key parts. And so now I'm just going to look it up. <laughs> look at all the spoilers. I know the stuff that just ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I'm not, I don't want to ruin it for you, but once you see it, you'll know Westerners destroy everything. <laughs> you don't I open think, I think that when you have people that actually believe that they can get in a boat, go to another place from where they're from, where there mm-hmm. are people, where there are actual living, breathing people, and say, right. I have discovered this new place. No, you didn't. <laughs> we are already here. Why are you discovering something where there are people? If there were just animals and plants, you discovered some new shit. But no, mm-hmm. you've just discovered it, and I'm going to name it whatever, and I'm going to name it after my daughter or my dog or whatever. Uh, yeah, okay, well, um, look here. We actually are here, but we'd like to be cool with you. Okay, I'm going to give you these smallpox blankets and trade you some wombum and some, some fucking nuts and some shells for 14,000 acres of some shit. I think that it's not even ruiners. It is that if you don't accept my offer, I will kill you. Yeah, if you don't yeah, accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, when we send you yes. some priests, we're going to kill you. And mm-hmm. so it's a whole stuff. Everywhere they've gone, they've done that. Haven't you noticed mm-hmm. that white people know, see, I'm about to say something I shouldn't say. Caucasians cannot coexist with other groups. No matter where oh. they have been, they have done the exact same thing to every group. Mm-hmm. They even do it. They they can't no they can't even appreciate God's beauty. They have to conquer every mountain. They got to go to deepest in uh, the sea, deepest in the space. That's just their makeup. They have never coexisted with anyone. I believe Not that ever. that would be I, there is something to that, right? And I will preface that from just what my dad made me you. study. It's fair. It's fair. That when you discover, I think it's a coding. Have it's no a pig- genetic coding. They have no pigmentation. They are covered in hair. They live in caves. <laughs> when you discover them, when you discover them, and you're not even sure that you're the same species because they are right. literally covered in mm-hmm. hair. There right. was a transition from from Homo. Erectus to Homo sapien to Homo erectus, mm-hmm. and the people who had not yet transitioned are living mm-hmm. in caves and hiding. You find right. them, and by the time you discover that they are basically the same species as you, you you have used them as you do other animals, mm. and then you decide that you're not going to use them as animals because they're people and you treat them as people, and over time they resent you for what you did to them before. That is early, early, early history of how white people went from being where they were to where we brought them to wanting to overcome their overseers who actually tried to understand the difference. I'm not Mm. making that up. 
Thank mm-hmm. God my school. dad's a teacher because he made me yeah, look it up. Study, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There school. was mm-hmm. a transition from when you were before you could walk upright to when you could mm-hmm. and you could uh, make tools and do things. And those people who were still not transitioned and who were mm-hmm. still procreating, we discovered them. Right. In our country, living in caves with no pigment, and mm. we treated them as animals. And one day, after we stopped first trying to eat them and then trying to mate with them, we actually tried to be be true custodians of the world and realize that these people have the same parts and lungs and hearts and stuff as we do. So mm-hmm. maybe we should stop trying to de- to de- meet, treat them as animals. It treats them as people and did that, and the result was that they then went their own way, moved away from the people who were higher than they were, and when they got their shit together, decided they were going to go out and conquer. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. they did but, was mm-hmm. merciless mm-hmm. from not having developed. That there is no two ways about that, and they can try to bury that history as long as they want to mm-hmm. with Bibles and readjusted history and all they want to. The fact of the matter is you didn't develop, and then you started having babies undeveloped, and then you started teaching them when you see them brown people, you should kill them. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is exactly what we're dealing with right now. When they got the opportunity mm-hmm. to have their own country, they went back to the country that that actually had brown people and overcame them with guns and overcame mm-hmm. them with trade yeah. and did what we're Lies dealing with and right bribes. now. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I sound like a preacher. I'm see, shutting up right see, now. See, <laughs> see I, look at it, I look at it another way. I think they're scared. Well, I know they're scared. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you what they're afraid of. They're afraid mm-hmm. of. They're afraid of the fact that soon they will no longer. They will be extinct. Right. They won't that's exist. Because, yeah. But see, we're not because, doing to them what they're doing. Right. Trying what to, happened was we're trying to genocide, trying genocide to exterminate us. But nature itself, if you really study what's going on with them, nature itself is eliminating them. That's not right. I do believe they're afraid of that because the sun would give so large energy to everything that's living, that was killing them. That's not Mm -hmm. us. This is the universe. Yeah, you know what? I remember reading. This is the universe. Mm Mm-hmm. Why can't you yeah. live in the sun? I mean, to me, you're a vampire. Mm-hmm. You're a parasite. <laughs> something's right, wrong with you. True. Genetically, it's, genetic but, but, coding you know, tells me well, something's wrong mean, with you. You are genetically mutant. But, wait, it's not even that they can't live in the sun. <laughs> the situation mm-hmm. is because of the mixing, you can't get, you can't, you can't take light and go to dark. And because of the mixing, pretty much everyone's going to look mixed. And there's not going to be any Caucasian. There's not going to be any pale people anymore. And that fear causes them to attack and try to conquer and destroy everything that could, mm-hmm. that's going to destroy them. We're not doing it consciously. They brought it on themselves by coming to get us. They should have left us where we were. 
Well, we but have to remember from World War II and Hitler, where we were, they're, they're, they they want to dominate the earth. Right they believe now. that's their mission. They believe they that's their mission to we dominate were, the world. Mm-hmm. They did. And the right now, started, they left I mean, us where did. we were. I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Sorry, you know, I used to, yeah. I'm sorry, you but know, the cloning that was never us. That was not something that we started. Hitler and World War II, mm-hmm. if you ever get a chance to really study what that was all about, mm-hmm. they wanted to be the master race. They yeah, knew we were. That's why when Hitler went to the Olympics, and I believe it was Jesse Owens, when he yeah. won that medal, Hitler, mm-hmm. Hitler could not stand to see that because no. for him, that dethroned everything that was mm-hmm. principle that he knew that he was supposed to do for for that race. Mm-hmm. He couldn't see it mm-hmm. not happening. And he saw on that day it's never going to happen. I really believe it was the slap in the face to Hitler. What you're trying <laughs> to accomplish with your army and with trying to make the master race blue-eyed and blind hair, what you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve is cloning. Because they even, I found out, they were even doing cloning back then. And they were paying women who had blonde hair and blue eyes to conceive, to keep populating. They wanted more of the blonde hair because they know, I really believe, they know. Mm -hmm. When it comes 20, 30, 20, 40, there's not hardly going to be any of them existing. They already know. They see the handwriting on on the wall. Mm -hmm. And it's not us doing it to them. This is nature. Nature has a it way of balancing itself. Exactly. Because then I'm going to eliminate the master race or genius or God uh, genius and, because I want this place to be. You cannot change right. what's already it, set in motion by the universe. You will cause a consequence and recompense. And that's what yeah. they're dealing with. That's yeah, they're they're dying off and they're not procreating. They're not being replaced. And many countries, including Italy and, and uh, Germany, don't even hardly have any Caucasian people now. It's because weird. They're not procreating. Tell it. Yeah, this is nature. This is not man at all. This is divine. Like the Netherlands, those are places where they have not allowed there to be a population of people of color. Mm-hmm. So there is an ability to continue to have people who are not of color, which is neither a good nor a bad thing. It just is a fact of life. But I, 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 there is at some point the hard reality that, what was not a disease in the right. countries of Asia, Africa, South America, the, the, there were no cancer. There mm-hmm. was Your body was not trying to eat itself because it knew it was time to die off. Yeah, that's as weird. And like the I'm not saying that any stuff. species... I am clearly not saying that any species should be dead. I am mm-hmm. saying that the Black Plague did not happen in Africa. 
Exactly. Cancer no, outbreaks did not happen in Africa. AIDS had to be introduced to mm-hmm. Africa, and it, it was is not taking. Yeah. For it to have been so voracious in North America mm-hmm. and Europe, it was not as voracious because there are so many people in Asia and Africa. And, in fact, mm-hmm. the, the, the people, their own chemistry is fighting back, and that chemistry mm-hmm. is what is That's creating right. a cure in these countries. Mm-hmm. That's true. They would be dead if they didn't come back to Africa and get us and bring us to their countries and mate with us because their genetics would not sustain them. Mm -hmm. And that is pure-ass science. Now, that's Pure-ass science. Fuck growing the cotton. If you had not mated with people from other cultures, your culture would not exist. That's true. That's true. And... And so much of this becomes uh, teaching us to hate ourselves when, in fact, Mm -hmm. we are the key to life. That's it. And that's the key to it. So when you have things like, oh, I don't know, opioid addictions or, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, cancer, and you have them in our race, that didn't exist before slavery, mm-hmm. I can only presume that because you made it with us, you gave us your Right, kids. right, right. I, I, I so now I that. have to deal with what my <laughs> Irish ancestors gave my grandma. Thank you. <laughs> right. Thanks. I got for one that. for you. I got one for you. You said, you know how you were talking about our ancestors? Mm-hmm. Do you know hurricanes? Mm-hmm. Do you know hurricanes form off the coast of Africa? And they only yeah, come right. up through the south. Mm-hmm. Yes. They form mm-hmm. off the coast of Africa, and they yes. only come up through the south. And those uh, that pass, yes. I know about that. Mm-hmm. You know what? I have something about that. I did not know that a hurricane and a, a hurricane and the cyclone are the same thing. And I'm from California because they call hurricanes that happen on the out of the Pacific cyclones, right? And we just don't have a lot of them. <laughs> so my thoughts on that were: the reason I don't know that is because we don't have a whole lot of cyclones. No, a lot of, people, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that these tropical storms start off the coast of Africa. The only yeah. reason I know is because I'm a journalist and I lived in Miami and worked right. in Miami, and that's when I found out. I was like, wow. I was like, wow, what a coincidence. But but it's the path where they say the slaves were taken, like all of the the ports and, and those islands right. mm-hmm. to Florida and all. It's, it's on that path. So to exactly. me, I do think that has something to do with it's, it's the avenging of exactly. our ancestors. I really do. <laughs> And that's I the first really thing I thought when I found out. I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, you yeah. know, I was like, "Yeah, that was that's the vengeance." Because <laughs> I know. Start off the coast of Africa. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, this is Warriors Queens of Horror, co-hostess. So I'm signing off now. I'm okay. sorry. Well, thank you so I'm much. Sorry. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for what you shared. I mean, we appreciate all that you. Uh, mm-hmm. Share tonight and the good questions asked during the open forum discussion. 
Thank You're you welcome. very as always. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Have a blessed rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday, I promise. Nice to hear you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Ms. Carler. <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. Good, good night. night. Good night. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> wow, we, we definitely, we're going in deep. Well, I must say I have to wrap up tonight's show, but we will, of course, have... Rhonda gets some Pfeiffer back because we know she has much more to discuss. And she's always in discussion about topics that are relevant to our community. So we want to continue to promote what she does. And Rhonda, uh, just to give you a heads up, uh, Dark Joy Child, she is a radio show host, hostess herself. And she's an awesome writer. She has a published book out. She's a poet. She's so much. Um, I definitely want you to exchange information. You got to connect. And um, you know, definitely, Dark Child, you'll want to have Rhonda Gibson Pfeiffer on your show, and vice versa. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> My name and is we're all on Facebook. <laughs> and you can catch me on Facebook because I sure want you on my show. And wow, and wow. And I know I just <laughs> acted a straight ass on this show, and I'm sorry. But no, thank you for having me. A... <laughs> you I show you my... are always honorable. You are always I, honorable. This is me, and I know I just show me. Look, if you can't show you, you're not invited, okay? <laughs> so you know you're always welcome. <laughs> it was my absolute privilege to meet you, ma'am. You are just phenomenal. Ah, did she drop? Rhonda? Yeah, I think her call probably just dropped. Dang it. Then yeah. I will say, man, Sage. <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna inbox you her her link. Thank yes, you. Indeed, so you two, yes, you two can correspond. But thank you so much for calling in. That information was so needed too. It it was on point. You were on time with it because we were leading up to that part. So that was great. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, listen, we'll be back next Tuesday. I promise we won't talk about Sarah Huckabee. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for all the Sarah Huckabee jokes. We love your show, Smokey Eye Girl. I know. Do you? Do you, Sarah? Do you? Look. She definitely made a fashion statement that people will be talking about for centuries. (laughs) (laughs) If it was a publicity stunt, it works. (laughs) She's going to make a whole bunch of YouTube videos go viral. Oh, you know it. You know it. I'm telling you. Wow. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. We will be back. And I'm going to give the mic now 
to my dear sis, poet. She's so many things on so many levels. Uh, Sylvia Blaylock, at this time, you can share about your show, your platform, and how people can tune in and support you. Oh, my goodness. Yes, indeed. <laughs> See, I'm not shy, y'all. I, I was just taking off guard. <laughs> When I am not Dark Joy Child, I am Sylvia Louise Blaylock. I am on Epiphany Radio. My show is on Monday nights, Poetry in the Raw. Um, I am Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you if you face it's Facebook search Poetry in the Raw, you will find the link to my show. I have a book out. It is Uprising, a book of poetry. It is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And if you would like an autographed copy with extras thrown in the pack, you can inbox Sylvia L. Blaylock. No Y. B L A L O C K. You can get a signed copy of the book as well as some extras that I throw in the pack. Um, I am humbled and honored to have received the Gansba Award for Rising Star of the Year. Shout out to Renata Brown, who is doing her best to launch the Gansba Magazine. Check her out. The sister is is pulling her load, mostly on her own. Awesome. And I will be selling sweatshirts that say that refer to poetry in the raw very soon that will help me pay for my trip to BPC Poetry Fest and I am a performer mm. and I am the love partner of poet Joe the verbal mind dancer who will be also performing mm-hmm. at Poetry Fest this in a month we are honored mm. and blessed to To be able to be a poetry couple and mm-hmm. people who celebrate my, his, our culture, and that is that of black people and thus Americans, black people and thus Americans, first as black people mm-hmm. in love. And that's me. And if you don't like people who give it to you real, you're probably going to fucking hate my show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Wow. That sounds appetizing. I'm sure there's people now, they done heard you, they done received the warmth of your welcome, and also the intensity of the provocative Collaboration given. Oh my, they want to hear you do an open mic. So, yes, we're looking forward to tuning in. And I will definitely be tuning in on Mondays for sure. I'm going to start this Monday. I was working on some projects that kind of prevented me, but yes, I definitely will be tuning in most definitely. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this venue. Well, I, and I'll be in touch with you because I definitely need to schedule you uh, to interview you because I want to help you promote that book. And have Anyone you who listens to this, I suck. 
because she asked me, and I said yes, <laughs> and then I got caught up in a legal matter and put everything aside, and mm-hmm. I suck. I should have been on by now, but, but I didn't suck. answer. <laughs> and I think this, this is not about CP time, folks. CP okay. time should mean consistently punctual, and I was not. Oh, wow. And so instead of CP time meaning what they tell you it means, make it mean consistently punctual. And if you're not, you miss opportunities, and that is a fact. Wow. Well, let me ask you while we're on, am I able to have you on in May? Is May an open? How can we aim for the 15th of May? Yes. I got it. Perfect. Now and that I'm is going to oh my put that on blast on my page right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am so looking forward to this. Yes, yes, yes. We want to definitely discuss your book and help promote your book. You're such an awesome writer in general and oh, a magnificent poet. Yes, and a magnificent poet. And that's real talk, people. Yes, indeed. Wait till you read her book. Give us the title of that book one more time. Uprising, a book of poetry. Mm-mm-mm. I love that title. So, okay. Maybe someday Kanye West will read your book and be inspired to return to that mind he had when he first started on his path as an artist. You never know. <laughs> you know what? Hope springs eternal. And what I will say Mm -hmm. to this is that when you go out into the world and say, and I quote, I hate blah, blah, blah people, and that could be white people, black people, Mm -hmm. blah people, you are on the wrong path. If you believe that all of any people are your enemy, then you have missed the point of life. Because your enemy is not a race of people. It is a class of people of many races. And that is a class of people who believe they are better than you. And whatever people that is, and they are black, white, Asian, Jewish, Muslim, Indian, Many, and I don't mean Indian like your Native Americans, I mean uh, from India. I right. am here to tell you that there are things that will program you to believe that there is a group of people who is your enemy, when in fact your enemy is that group who believes they are above you and have that have participated in your programming. They are your enemy, and but your biggest enemy of all is you, because you will fight your own growth. That's right. Well said. That's right. We are our own worst enemy at times. That's and we it. should learn to be our own best friend, and that's that's the other side of that equation. We we need to learn to be our own best friend all the time. Yes. 
That's right. And then we can be a, a better person, not just benefiting ourselves, but benefiting many others. So important. Thank you again. I tell you, you are such a blessing, and I'm so looking forward to the 15th. <laughs> I'm going to have a special surprise. I'm not going to let it out the bag until the 15th, but I'm going to have a special surprise for you on that day. I'm going to have special guests on, and something special is going to happen. That's all I'm going to say, but okay, you're going to be in a spotlight. Be prepared. For a good experience. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you get my mom, I'm going to yes. cry. It's all the yes. <laughs> if you get my mom, I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, we're going to have a good time once again. And thanks again for your contribution to tonight's show. Because it Thank took you. everyone's input. And what you shared, it was so essential and necessary. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. I'm honored and humbled. Uh, and peace and blessings to everyone. Have a blessed night, a blessed rest, peaceful evening time. To those that are just getting up because you have to go to work <laughs> and do the night shift, the great rest shift. Peace and blessings to you. Safe travels. And to everyone, past, present, and future, best of success is yours. Just take ownership of what it is. It's already yours. It's not something that you have to go and buy, purchase. It's not something that you have to become. It's already innate, inbred in you. you you've given birth to it. You've, getting, you've given birth to the better you, but you just don't know it yet. So now it's time for you to recognize. Look at yourself in the mirror if you have to three times a day, positive affirmations. I am somebody. I am somebody. Three times a day, I am somebody. And then once you get it, you got it, it's good, then start saying three times a day, I will, I can, I do. Once you get that, you got it, and it's good, say, I am the best that I can be, and just let it ride. There you go. Bless yourself, and then you're a blessing to others. Have a wonderful life, everyone. Join us again next week. We're going to resume to our regular time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace and blessings, everyone. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.